You're listening to the Opie and Anthony channel on Sirius XM. The Ron and Fez show starts. Come on. Now!
let's get down to it, boppers. Yeah, let's get down to it, boppers. Artist of the day. Greatest rock and roll band in the history of the planet Earth. The Rona Stones. Out on tour now. Playing with just about every musician that can hop on stage with them. So that person could say, one time I played with the Rolling Stones. It's a nice little gimmick they're running. All right, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. Chris Stanley, you look no worse for wear. Nice calm weekend? Somewhat. Okay. Preakness Day. Yesterday, very calm. Preakness Day was a... Breakfast day was a nightmare if you follow the chicks. Oh, picks. One, one terrible circumstance after another. Just over, over, oh. Just nothing. He, there was tons of bets here. He gave us, not one came in. The entire day just seemed to be blah anyway. Did you notice that? Like, it didn't have a sense of excitement. Well, the Preakness is weird. It's, it's, it's either, it, the winner happens and then, right. you know, you're, oh my God, there's a triple crown in play. Or, now who cares about the Belmont Stakes? It's true. And they don't have like a mint julep and the hats are kind of like... Not, What's their gimmick. song, too? Um, uh, Marilyn, My Marilyn or yeah, some Maryland, shit? Yeah, the Marilyn song about it's Marilyn. It's the only song that isn't like overly famous, right? Yeah. Yeah, Marilyn, My Marilyn. Yeah, that's, uh, that's not up there with old Kentucky home in New York, New York. No. They need to do something else. They have no identity. I only get my rocks off when I'm sleeping. I really think that Arya Taint should be fucking banned for the stuff that he's saying about the playlist. Some people just ask to be banned. I don't think that you should uh, curse or abusive to be banned. I think you should just have really taste for shit. Your opinion's crap. I thought you did a fucking fantastic job today, Hicks. Well, people love to bitch and moan. They do, don't they? It's, it's you know, besides pornography, it's the second f favorite thing on the internet to do. Well, haters got to hate. That's on a t-shirt. I uh, saw that on the internet. That's what uh, tomorrow's unmasked. Uh, Zach Braff is going through. He's got the haters hating on him because he raised money for his movie. <laughs> that he and, wanted to do on his own terms. Yes. <laughs> With fans that were like, this is great. Let me give you some money. Yeah, they're coming out of the woodwork. As soon as even almost like as soon as it got announced, people started going after it. Well, I don't know. I, as soon as it started coming in record numbers, I think, <laughs> is what freaked people out. And bizarre that the Veronica Mars guy was, I would, I would think, at least the first one that got press for doing it, the guy that was, is it? His was all positive. Dodged all of it. And then the second guy is getting lit up. They got a Zach Braff problem for whatever reason. Hey. So we'll be talking about that tomorrow. Doing Unmasked. Um, Sean, you're on the Run of Fez show. Happy hamburger. Yes. Uh, I think you said that the Rangers would win in five. I thought I said six, but oh, six. Yeah, Did so you? it's still in play. I'm pretty sure it was five. What am I going to do? They're down two nothing. They were down two two nothing with the Capitals. They came back and took it home. Go down, stay down. I say. 
Don't get up, Rock. Also, Stay down. I also said the Knicks were going to take it in seven. Yes, you make a lot of bad fucking bets. Yeah, well, just one after another. And that, that game was just horrible to watch. Oh, and the uh, the big uh, money went off. The Powerball, $600 million, picked up Zephyr Hills, Florida. Cousin of mine. So what? I might be moving down there next to the money. Really? A cousin of yours? I mean, the person hasn't released the name yet. I mean, no one's come forward. Yeah, my cousin called me and said it's me. Should you be saying this? No, well, I already sent him two grand to, you know, float him until, wait a minute. <laughs> it takes two weeks to get your money if you hit the lottery. I'm looking over stuff for the show today. Do you know that we never do a show that there isn't some kind of new earth found or scientists have evidence other universes exist uh -huh. or we've found another earth? Well, this time they found that um, gravity, the gravity created from the Big Bang, or the radiation created from the Big Bang, is being pulled in one direction in the universe. So they're, they're thinking that there's another universe next to ours that's pulling pulling this radiation from 14 billion years ago. All right, so explain that to me. All right, the universe, we consider everything that there is. Yeah, that's where we are right now. Okay. <laughs> Wouldn't the next universe still be part of the universe then? Yes, well, I think we'd have to have a new name for something that contains multiple universes. So we have right. So like, but you say multiple universes, that would still be the universe, because we're saying the universe is everything. Y yeah. So how can you have more than everything? When it's more, then it just becomes part of everything. Are you saying it's not even on this dimensional plane where we could ever even find it? Doesn't exist in our reality. Well, they're saying this lends the to the idea, the theory that there's infinite universes and or like a multiverse. Right. So, in other words, you won't get off the universe thing. Th these universes that you're talking about are ones that we could never get to because they don't live in these three dimensions. Yeah. So why would we care about that? Maybe That's one, nothing we can find. Maybe one day we'll be able to get to How? it. How? Some scientists could figure it out. If it doesn't exist in everything, then it's nothing to us. Uh, this comes up almost on a daily basis. And it's all part of these string people, right? Yeah. String theory people. Uh, yeah, uh, theoretical physicists who just sit around all day theorizing. Mm, I love to fucking join that. <laughs> I love to be part of the Big Bang Theory. Hang out with those kids. Well, no, no, they're just actors. The whole fucking universe was in a fucked up place. Wonder what they're, if they're going to get with that uh, hot neighbor of theirs. Uh, uh, season two. Oh, really? It happened a long time ago. Oh. You never watched it? Would you watch the first couple episodes? It's on at seven o'clock every night. I should be catching it then. Catch them a Big Bang Theory. <clears throat> John, Bama, you're on my face show. Hey there, Rodney. I got a question for uh, Pepper Hicks over there. Come on. Hey, brother. I know you were on a quest for some of that uh, dabs over the weekend. I was wondering if you accomplished that at all. Uh, did not. I've not obtained any dab over the weekend. No. They say a little dab will do you. Definitely. If it's seventy percent THC. What's the other thirty percent? Fucking floor wax. <laughs> Binding agent. <laughs> not sure. I only get my rocks off when I sleep. Because at least with, like, nuggets of weed, 
you know that it's the THC on top of it, and you know most of it's just the plant. Look how here you are so much more locked in and ready to talk than you are about your multi-universe theory. That one, we're just like, well, <laughs> we'll see. I don't even think the Big Bang girls got together with their neighbor. They should have waited before. They should have they should blew their chances in the second season. Come on. doesn't sound like you're a big fan anyway, so I don't think it's ruined for you. They should bring and me on, though. They seem to have plenty of uh, people who enjoy their program. Oh. And they call it the rock game. They now call it the rock game because it's based on that. Oh. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. Uh, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. Star Trek opened, but not as big as they thunked it would. Uh, you can go over and be part of uh, Movie Club if you'd like to. Um, bring up a couple stuff. And Hicks will be giving out a... Uh, a prize there a little later on. Mm -hmm. But um, the fact of the matter is a lot of critics didn't like it or a lot of critics weren't impressed. And uh, we've got a piece up called This Must Have Been the Best Headline because everybody used it. What do you got, Hicks? Star Trek in the Darkness can't hit warp speed at box office. Star Trek can't hit warp speed at the box office. Star Trek fails to hit warp speed at the box office. All right, we got to explain. These are all from different newspapers, and you'll be able to see it up on the iBank today. This Friday, it is Unmasked with very special guest, Jeffrey Tambor. It's going to be so much fun. If you want to be part of the studio audience, uh, go to theinterrobang.com. See if you can uh, get tickets there. Theinterrobang.com for this Friday morning, Jeffrey Tambor, Unmasked. That should be fun. Oh, it's going to be awesome. So, uh, over on the iBang, uh, the gimmick is uh, this. These fucking newspapers, they just get into the same exact headline uh, when something like this uh, comes down. So, um, they're all upset for some reason that Star Trek didn't make the money. Here's the rap they wrote. Star Trek in the darkness can't hit warp speed at the box office. USA Today, Star Trek can't hit warp speed at the box office. I hope you're getting that they're playing off the fact that there is a warp speed and they're not moving at that. Uh, the Mail Online, which is a UK uh, paper and website, Star Trek fails to hit warp speed at the box office. No one thought, hey, if we use this headline, we'll be one of a million. Los Angeles Time, where entertainment is their business. Star Trek Into Darkness wings in at number one, but not at warp speed. And then uh, somehow the raw story says Star Trek uh, box office jumps to warp speed, outpacing Iron Man 3. Now, they're getting all different numbers than anybody else. Yeah. Um, and then for some reason, the Hollywood Reporter didn't even have that in it, but uh, we put it out anyway. Gary, you're on the Run of Fez show. 
Star Trek. Phaser is set on dud. Oh, that's good. That's fucking really good. Uh, Biggie, California. What up, dogsies? Hey, man, what's I happening? Just, I, just, I just got done hitting some dabs, and you're tripping out on all this universe talk. Good morning, bros. Peace. Peace. Uh, Jason, Panic in Detroit. You're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, Ronnie and Peppy Hamburger. Yeah. Uh, I, got a, I got a better headline, I think. I, are you, are you, oh, I'm sorry, let me start over. Are you out of your Vulcan mind? Star Trek doesn't reach $100 million? Oh, the old Vulcans. Big bet of mine back in Florida. Um, yeah, I think everybody is somewhat surprised that it didn't do better. Um, Here's a couple that got sent in here. Star Trek was lost in space on opening weekend. Uh, the Wrath of Yawn. Oh, cigars and scotch all over it. Star Trek Into Dark Theaters. That would have been a much, much better one. Uh, Butter Me Popcorn, Scotty. Hmm. Star Trek more like Daldrek. Oh, that's sad. When you think about it. Uh, let's go over here to uh, John. John, you're on the Run and Fez show. Hey, Ronnie. Hey, Pepper. Yeah. Uh, Star Trek can't beam up the money. I don't like that one. Money kick butt. What do you got for me? Hey. Um, Star Trek, to blow where no movie has blown before. Doesn't make sense, but thank you. <laughs> uh, Charlie, you're on the Run of Fez show. Shit, fuck, fart, yours in Christ, Star Trek. Hmm. Um, I didn't even think this would break into a better headlines. That wasn't, uh, the point of this whole thing, but, okay. Jeff, you're on the Run of Fez show. Spock pinches one off at the box office. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. <laughs> 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. The new Star Trek did not do as well um, as the previous Star Trek. Never a good idea because they want to build on these tentpole movies. Um, Troy, Boston, you're on the Run of Fez show. I, uh, Star Trek Voyage in your pockets and give me your lunch money, nerd. Oh, boy. Still into the nerd stuff. Rich and Yonkers, you're on the Ron of Fez show. No Shatner, no cash, no shit. Uh, Red, you're on the Ron of Fez show. Star Trek's on Hicks' arm. <laughs> Come on. He's a junkie. I'm not a junkie. Uh, 866 Ron Zero Fez. 866 Ron Zero Fez. Fans don't cling on to new film. Um, it's a dud, Jim. Star Trek, search for ticket sales. Um, Star Trek, a great big captain's log. Star Trek, the undiscovered audience. Star Trek, Captain, I can't get this shit to go. 866 Ron, zero Fez, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. Hey, Jay, you're on the Ron and Fez show. Sound like a million bucks, as always, Ronnie. Thank you, my friend. 
Great, great job with the uh, with the playlist today, Pepper. Uh, Star Trek boldly goes nowhere. Boldly goes nowhere. It's funny that we're at a point where like $75 million is considered awful. Disappointment. Uh, Big John, you're on the Run of Fez show. Yeah, Star Trek Space, the final premiere. Oh, I kind of like that one. Dave in Ohio, you're on the Run of Fez show. Hi, Ron. Star Trek, the search for suck. I did not expect this to turn into... You know, we just thought, hey, look, all these people are using the same headlines. I didn't know we'd go to... The Ron and Fez Show presents not just headlines, but better headlines. Um, here's something once coming in on the iBang.com. Damn it, Jim. It's a movie, not a blockbuster. The trouble with dribbling box office receipts... Confused about this weekend's box office. We'll Star Trek into darkness. Live long and prosper. Star Black. Live short and prosper slightly. Star Trek. Volcant at the box office. Uh, what time is our guest up by, Chris? 12.10. Thank you. Uh, Dan, you're on the Run of Fez show. Hello? Yeah. I got a, I'm a one out of five stars Trek. One out of five stars Trek. Um, Snowy, you're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, how about Star Trek cannot reach warp speed at box office? Do you realize that's all the ones that we made fun of at the beginning of this? And you're one of them now, Snowy? Um, in space, no one can hear you fail. Damn it, Jim, I'm a doctor, not an actor. Star Trek needs more centaurs. Huh? Preakness beats geekness. But I turned your show on for one minute last night. Yeah. First minute I ever watched, I saw a guy get his dick cut off. <laughs> yeah, that happened. Couldn't believe it. Yeah. That's a fucking TV show. Hey, it was a torture scene. Uh, Mark, you're on the manifest show. Yeah, Star Trek. Pepper Hicks is a junkie piece of shit. Thanks. He's not going to get angry, and we're not going to get excited doing jokes, Pepper Hicks, back until June 1st. June 1st, yeah, we said month of May. I'm excited. Uh, John, you're on the run of Fez show. Star Trek, the search for Fez's voice. Well, he is here today, watching, waiting. And watching. Dominic, you're on the Ron and Fez show. Star Trek, Klingons to number one. Glenn, you're on the Ron and Fez show. Glenn. Yo. Yeah. yeah. Star Trek can't touch Star Wars, so they need to suck a dick. That's really brilliant. Uh, Nate, you're on the Ron and Fez show. How about George Takai isn't the only one who took it in the ass this weekend. Okay, that ended up becoming like a hate crime. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. Star Wars. Uh, Star Trek. Can we just stop remaking movies now? Movie goers cling on to their money. No Trek to this star. Star Trek. Not very enterprising at box office Star Trek more like box office train wreck
The Ron and Fez Show presents not just headlines, but better headlines. Better headlines coming in. Did not even expect this today. We were just showing the lame headlines that go up. Here's our buddy Andy in Cleveland. Andy. Kirk and go get face down the wrath of consternation at the box office. Thanks, buddy. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. Andrew, you're on the Ron and Fez show. Hey, buddies. Uh, Star Trek hit with a phaser set on stunned. Gee-gee. Chris, you're on the Ron and Fez show. Scotty, this movie needs more power. Uh, Mark, Mark, you're on the Ron and Fez show. It's Star Trek, where the new uniform, everyone wears the red shirt. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. It is the Ron and Fez show. Suddenly we broke into an unexpected, better headlines. And quite frankly, I think that the headlines are actually getting worse as we're going along. Because uh, here's one that just says, Star Trek, more like, fuck that. And come on. I'm not saying too blunt, but I'm saying you're not putting a great deal of thought into this, folks. Uh, by the way, the movie doing... Uh, worse in America, but better around the world. Which means we are now going to start watching what Filipinos and Chinese and Pakistanis and Saudis want to watch. It used to be we were America, we watch our American uh, movies, and they follow. But now the box office leads America in every single movie, particularly the action movies. Uh, Tom, you're on the Run of Fez show. Hello. Yeah. The Wrath of Bob. Um, John, you're on the Run of Fez show. Mr. Spock, well, like, this movie sucks cock. All right, they're just really rough on this. I mean, they're just being mean. mean. Uh, Half Beam has shown up. Star Trek last movie. Uh, moms refuse to drive 30-year-old sons to movies at whoop speed. Um, Star Rack. Uh, Star Sci-Fi fans opt for Hulu over Sulu this weekend. Moviegoers check off seeing the latest Star Trek. Um, and then headlines that Chris Stanley... Cannot read because the unfunny vow that he's taken for himself. Rich in New Paltz, you're on the Ron and Fez show. Star Trek: The Journey to Home Theaters. <laughs> That's better. Uh, Ray, you're on the Ron and Fez show. How you doing today? Uh, Stark Trek: Iron Man keeps on rolling. Um, John, you're on the Ron and Fez show. Uh beam me the out of this theater. All right. Uh, Marshall, you're on the Ron and Fez show. Mr. Spock, more like shitster cock. Okay, that's not even making sense. Uh, Robert, you're on the Ron and Fez show. Star Trek, not the standalone sequel. I forgot the standalone for a bit. Hello. It's been so long since we heard Fez talks. Who would have thought we would look back at that like the good old days? That was what, two years ago now? Two years ago this very day? Well, it was right around when you had grand jury duty. 
So it's, it was almost around this time. Maybe like a month out. That was two years ago? Yeah. Fuck, my joy duty thing's running out. I'm starting to get nervous again. <laughs> Let's take a listen. Let's take a look back to yesteryear. All right. And take a lovely listen to when Fez used to talk. I called it the when Fez cared years. Uh, we can't bring up uh, fruit juices without playing. Now, the blueberry is one that can't work on its own. It has to have something with it, like the kiwi. It's uh, not a, a stand-alone stand fruit. Um, Why isn't that viral on the internet? <laughs> that is the most uncomfortable moment in radio history. Blueberry is one that can't work on its own. It has to have something with it, like the kiwi. It's uh, not a a standalone standalone fruit. Um. Oh Co yeah, yeah. Coke logic. We're gonna. I don't know. I kind of miss it. I kind of just miss having them around. So do I. It's been a while. Well, since that last attack. <sighs> that coupled with the uh, sickness. But we have new interns coming in. Hopefully there'll be a fresh start. How will that be a fresh start? Well, there was a problem with the last intern. That didn't help anything. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't think of that. Who okayed him? The, and the, initially, I did. I had some dropouts, and I was like, "All right, let's Hold bring on. this. Let's Let bring this. write that down." Yeah. So making up a graph. Really? Initially, who did? I did. Okay, we we'll just sign off on this, is, and then also initial that there. Okay. Okay. What am I signing? Just some stuff that I'm keeping. <laughs> oh, I'm not liable <laughs> for anything now. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see. What's that? What? what? up to a jury i don't want to go away well you know over the weekend that uh that gay guy got uh killed for being gay in the village yeah right outside um the old papaya dog Fucking starving now yeah they're good we never have a papaya dog fucking day you, get, you want some pie juice <laughs> always i've never had it except for standing right there i've never had it in any other place I didn't know papaya juice was so damn good. Delicious. So he hasn't been feeling good. Yeah, when I saw that, I, I wondered, uh, no way he didn't hear about that. I mean, no way in hell. Well, let's see if we uh, put this up on the iBang yet. I know we were going to about the story about this guy, this goddamn killer, this laughing killer. Maniac. Um, This mad dog and Englishman. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, but it's... Uh, okay, it's under Laughing Killer. Now, when you listen to this, Chris. So, this dude picks him out and kills him for being gay. I think another Hispanic guy. These Hispanic guys are very anti-gay. Listen to what he was wearing and the victim was wearing. Right. Uh, and see if it sounds familiar to you. Boots... 
cut-off shorts, and a tank top. Oh, oh no. Oh, God. <laughs> that sounds familiar from a parade. Yeah. That I, uh... That becomes a uniform to kill. That you might as well be putting on a target. And even now, he's just staring at us. He has—he's not jumping in. He's not saying anything. But um, I know he also didn't go to the AIDS walk yesterday. That's huge. It was a gigantic turnout. I could not believe the amount of people. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> Exact same thing. The only thing that was missing was a sailor cap. <laughs> That's right. He was right there. You know, I miss the beard, too. The beard was a good look. Well, beards are very popular now. They're in with the kids. Too popular? It's going to be a blowback, but as of right now, it's still, uh, it's still the thing to do is grow a beard. It was uh, bright out there this morning when I came in. And... Uh, also, uh, I'm going to say borderline too hot. I was able to hang out and smoke a cigarette in my t-shirt today. Humid. A little bit, but borderline. Borderline. So. She won a couple awards last night at the fucking show that nobody watched. Oh, good. Forget what it was called. I think uh, Rock Around the Clocks Awards for Singers. I believe that was the name of it. Billboard? Yeah, Rock Around the Clocks Award for Singers. Good. She had that great dance album I just she put out. I don't know. I know she was just yelling about MDMA the entire entire show. She said it once. She says anybody say Molly. And everyone <laughs> fucking got mad at her like she was Zach Braff. Well, the name of the album was MDNA. Like Sure. Maybe she likes Hyen. Oh, sure, she does. Between that and Dab, it's the future. Little Dab will do you. Mm. Um, I thought this was kind of interesting. It's up on the uh, iBank. In the UK, Abba's Gold overtakes Sgt. Pepper's as the second best-selling album of all time in the UK. Oh, my God. What's that whole weird European obsession with dance music and disco, right? Um, sorry, do you see how big it is here? Fucking ABBA? Hey, that fucking Mia. ABBA movie's been playing for, uh, I mean, the uh, theater thing, been playing for 12 fucking years. Weren't, weren't, didn't they win, like, uh, the, the European version of, like, an Idol or something back in the day until they blew up? I don't think so. I mean, that was, like, fucking 30 years before Idol. Eurostar. So weird how how gigantic they got. And the weird thing is, as big as they are, they can walk down the street and no one will know them. I don't know what any of those people look like. Women. That's women rock. Women love them. I didn't even know there were two dudes in there. Those little chicks. Yeah, no, there's two dudes, but they're like, you know, Swedish guys. Almost chicks. How does the UK let this happen? They should be going out buying Beals records constantly. All right. You know what the number one album is? In the UK, all time. Thriller? I'm mean, going to guess th that'll be number one there, too. Nope. Not even in the top five. Whoa. Let's see how you do with the top five. I already gave you Sgt. Pepper and fucking ABBA. Sgt. Pepper, ABBA. White album? 
No. No more Beatles. No more Beatles. Give the fucking Beatles a rest for five seconds. Do me a favor. Don't bring up the Beatles anymore. <laughs> no more Beatles. But Sgt. Peppers is in it, though. I just told you. <laughs> That's what the headline was. Elvis? No. No E. I don't think Elvis ever sold a lot of fucking albums. His main thing was, you know, singles. He was kind of the pre-album era. Okay. All right. Stones. Playlist today. They're from there. No, I also don't think the Stones ever really were like a major album-selling band. They're, you know, kind of more of a, a live band. I'm striking out here. This is pathetic. You're doing terrible. You have to remember, this is England. Yeah. The country of England. Think of the big English bands. Okay. All right. Give me Queen. Queen's number one. Give me the other two and we'll move on. English, Queen, Beatles, ABBA. Did you just look it up? No, I didn't. I'm looking so at it. Why you clicking on one round? No, I'm looking at I'm looking at the calendar. I'm not looking at anything up. What are you looking at the calendar? Biggest selling calendar albums? <laughs> when did you start looking at a calendar after today's fuck up? Chris actually had somebody booked in here today. Yeah. That was really coming in a month from now. Yeah. That's been happening to you a lot. That's that's why I'm very um, pissed at myself because that's that's a that's a, that's a screw up that should never happen. That's happened twice already. I'm gonna make sure it never happens again. Okay, Pips, because <laughs> Pips is really taking over all of your duties, right? He's taking over some, mm -hmm. but I don't like giving up responsibility. I like having my responsibilities and doing them. And Pips, how long have you been with me? Over a year. Do you realize in that over a year, I don't believe that you've made one single mistake. Now, in the meantime, you're answering to the sloppiest of all. Who just came in for you? Mark Zito. Oh, hey, Zitz. Hey, Ron. What's happening? Not much. How are you? Uh, what can we do for you? I just I had to ask Pips a question about an upcoming Unmasked. Which one? The, the one tomorrow, Zach Braff. It's going to be good. It's going to be great. Yeah. So... Are you going to make it? I'm going to be there. Wow. Yes. Yeah. Nice. I bet he is. Man That's, crush. You still have the same girlfriend? I do. So this is getting serious. It's pretty serious. Are we getting married in New York or Rhode Island? I would prefer like Newport, Rhode Island. I think that'd be nice. Have you two moved in together yet? Uh, there's been discussions. Wow. That's fast. That's super fast. And remember, all you used to do was club around and cat around. That's all stopped, right? Yes. And you don't even hang out with your old buddies? No, I hang out with my old buddies. Big bubble is sweet. You're not out slaying anymore at the club? At the Outback? Uh, Zietz, we were just taking away some responsibilities from... <laughs> oh, please don't. ...from Pepper and giving them the pips. <laughs> who, by the way, since he's got here, has never made a single mistake. Pepper, on the other hand, is sitting on a pile of pot, and every day is more and more confused. <laughs> Today, he had a guest book that's here in fucking June. For, for just look, I got the June twentieth. Yeah, I got the twentieth part right. Just you know what it's like. It's like having fucking uh, Laura work in here with me. Oh, oh my Christ. god, <laughs> Jesus! Hey, I didn't bring up Argentina. At least. <laughs> I gave you that break because I know she gets her feelings hurt. That is accurate. And Laura always rolls with the jokes. I met her boyfriend the other day, and they're fucking serious. Everybody's getting married around here or pre-engaged. 
You got a ring yet? I wouldn't mind doing a double wedding, Zeets and Hicks. What? <laughs> be weird. We wouldn't have to marry each other, right? <laughs> you almost were there for a while, <laughs> fucking around on so much. And plus, he we've, we've shared facial hair. Oh, oh God. I've, I've... <laughs> so technically, you are close to each other. Oh, I got to tell you this, Zeets. I know that you'll get a big fucking kick out of it. So on... April 1st, I did a thing on the iBang where I put uh, Jennifer Addison fully fucking nude or something like that, right? And when everyone clicked on it, they saw beer porn with Anthony singing. <laughs> because that's up on the internet, we still get thousands of hits a day because we're very high up on Jennifer Addison. <laughs> fully naked or whatever and everyone who clicks it ends up seeing beard porn with anthony singing oh god that was that's honestly one of the worst days i've ever had beard porn yeah it's just i remember being claustrophobic and just like fucking it was the worst you know what was funny while you were doing your thing too you looked so sad yeah he it, looked sad like he like he, it almost like he had been pissed and jizzed on he no uh, was defeated. He was just destroyed. My team lost. I had another man's hair on me. It was just a very, very bad day. I think it's bad for you. Fez isn't even talking unless he's doing a live read these days. Oh, no. Oh. Because uh, someone got killed for being gay. Dressed exactly like Fez down in the village. What gay man dresses exactly like Fez? No, it was when Fez Whoa. tried to guess dress gay. It was the one day that Fez went for it. Normally, uh, it looks like Fez, for a gay guy, shops in a place called Pepper Hicks. <laughs> <laughs> Pepper Hicks suits and shirts. There was a uh, thing on Saturday Night Live about gay weddings and how intimidated they are because everything goes great and everyone's dressed great. And, and I'm watching it, and again, I'm going, I know Fez isn't gay because he doesn't have one of these traits. Just make it crazy and over the top and lavish and like perfect. Yeah, everything perfect. It's weird. Well, I guess it'd be like two women playing a wedding. It would be just, oh, because they showed the lesbians and it was just two big girls holding dogs because they don't give a fuck. <laughs> They're riding on their Harleys. Yeah, they don't care. <laughs> but two guys. See, that's the thing. I think it's almost kind of sexist when you compare gay guys to women and you'll be like oh i get it like they're women well how else am i supposed to do it right like in a, in a heterosexual about, marriage yeah the uh, normally the woman's gonna care more about what happens at the wedding or at least at the, the minute details of, i'm like, trying to think because i know i've had i know i had at least one buddy who obsessed on his fucking wedding <laughs> but that's the only one Say more often than not, the women. And so, at saying that it's like two, or say about two brides. Both times I got married, I had to ask where the church was that morning. I had to call somebody and go, "Wait, is this at a church? Or are we doing it here at the house?" <laughs> That's how little I know about it. <laughs> and then I also said, "Do I need special clothes for this?" <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, it's at the church. We ought to tuck it there. You'll get dressed in the back. The only reason I could see being obsessed with a, with a wedding You'll, is a guy. You will love your wedding. Oh, my God. I, I can't wait. But but it's really expensive. Like That's why I would care. wouldn't be like, oh, I fucking just blew all this money and don't give a shit. Well, that's it. the thing, though. It's Would you pay or your chick's family? I mean, in my mind, I would like it to be old-fashioned. Be like, oh, the bride's family is going to take care of it. But I don't think it works like that anymore. I don't think it does either. 
Yeah, it has to be. Because, I mean, just because the fact that weddings are just so expensive now. Well, see, here's the difference. It used to be the bride's family because people got married before they had money. You know what I mean? Like kids were getting married. Okay. So they needed the help of the family. But if you're going to be in your late 20s, early 30s, you can't go back to your mom and go, look, I haven't lived here in eight years, but I would like you to put out $35,000 on flowers. Uh, average cost of wedding is 26 grand right now. Jesus. How much? 26 grand. That That's low cheap. end. And th because maybe I'm just used to North Jersey, <laughs> where they really get fucking stupid. And Long Island, Long Island, they they they'll they'll go really big. Long Island is like the North Jersey suburbs. See, when I was down in Florida, people really would get married out in the back next to the pit bull. They wouldn't have any food and no liquor. But what? You at least have to have liquor. It's no, like, it's way different down there. That's like worse than a house party. Like, it's just people congregating. Would everyone just leave afterwards? Yeah, picture a house party with a lot of older people there, too. Oh. And then also, 99 degrees and humid. Oh, boo. I saw people passing out at fucking weddings down there. They should just outlaw marriage. They don't make a big deal out of the wedding reception the way they do up north. That's bizarre. But well, it, make, well, it makes more sense since it's not dropping $30,000 on a wedding. Yeah, but, you know, you have to remember, uh, Zietz would be, end up getting $30,000 from his people showing up. Because you show up for a wedding now, and you're like, All right, this is a lot of money. Yeah, weddings are expensive. Yeah. Now, so you got to say to yourself, i got to give that person a lot of money. Oh. I know Italians in Staten Island, they show up. They don't sign the check until they take a look around at everything, and then they decide what they owe. I'm not even making that up. And they'll sit there and go like this. It's a beautiful affair. I'm going to give you $500. Nice. <laughs> or I'm sorry. I'm looking around. There's only one entree. I'm going to give you 125 That's what this plate costs. I feel like I go a standard 200 right now. No, no matter what? Well, 200 across the board. Yeah, but I mean, Is that I, per couple or per person? Per couple. Okay. Like, if, if my friends are getting married, I would give them $200. But, like, I, I'm still on the younger end. I feel like that's pretty good, all things considered. I've done buck fifty a person on the small amount of weddings. That Sweet. So that's, you know, three. It's not, yeah. it's not bad. I mean, I'm broke. I know you're making him look like shit, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah he Jesus looks like crap. Christ. I, yeah. I, of all the things I expected, well, I could pepper there. to be like, I give better <laughs> gifts at weddings. You also put a butt in there, right? Oh, yeah, sure. See, that is, that's the offensive thing. If you come in with a gift, people are like, excuse me, I'm not on a barter system here. I have to pay this off. No registry. I want that to be known. I would like to get the thing going where people just say... We're fucking running away and then have a party for us when we get back. I don't think I have to stand there and watch people make vows to each other. That's what my buddy did. He just they went on like a two week trip to Ireland and then came back and then just threw a big party up in Connecticut. Your buddy's great. Oh yeah, it was brilliant. Yeah, it was like that's a great idea. Instead of spending three thousand dollars on a one day party, spend significantly less on a two-week-long vacation. Yeah, and then a casual party where people are still going to show up, give you stuff out of their hearts, but don't need to give two or three hundred dollars then. You know what I mean? Because it's a couple of kegs, some potato salad, and ham and cheese sandwiches. <laughs> Why are we eating? First of all, here's the weird thing about it. When you cook for 250 people, it's never good. 
If you went to the Oscars and they give out food there, it blows. You go to the White House, it blows. Because you can't cook 400 steaks at the same time and have them come out. Yeah, it's really funny when they ask you, like, well, how would you like it done? It doesn't matter. It's all coming out medium. That's it. American Express said factoring in, like, buying stuff to clothes, buying clothes and the gift, it's 540 bucks average you're spending if you're going to a wedding as a, as a guest. As a guest, you should show up with 540 for for everything that's including you know if you get to get new clothes to go there or whatever oh, they're asking for too much now I'm not gonna fucking and travel expenses. you know I'm just going to the golf club having some really bad sushi and <laughs> fucking little pastries that have chicken inside of them I mm. think a smart move would be to not necessarily even invite your best friends if you know they're not going to give you as much but invite people you're kind of friends with who have a lot of money then the you'd get. This is what happens. It's your dad's friends, people that are already established. And then you look around and you see like two fucking tables of your buddies and then 10 fucking tables of people who know your parents from work. Can you let Fez know I'm going to get married in the next couple of years? I'm going to need him to be there. Well, he likes to throw the cash around. I'm balling out. Maybe we should do one of Fez's dinners soon. And tie it in the basketball game. Oh, that'd be nice. Get together for a ball game. Hell yeah. How many dinners does he owe? Seven. Always seven. It's or it's six or seven. <laughs> it's one. It's, it's all. If, if he just if he just paid one off, it's six. <laughs> <laughs> and then no matter how many times there's been bets been made, it's only goes it's up still to seven. seven. <laughs> I was gonna say it was seven when I left, which was like a year ago. Yeah, and it never changes. <laughs> It never changes. The thing is, I could get it doubled right now by just making him say, well, do you want this bet? But it would still go back to six or seven within a week. <laughs> uh, Matt, Cincinnati, you're on the Run and Fed show. Hey, uh, I got married on a beach in Destin, and the whole thing cost 600 bucks, and then we had a reception at Spud Puggers. <laughs> it was pretty easy. Um, I think it's a better way to go. Josh, you're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, my father-in-law offered me $5,000 to go get married in Vegas. And what we did is we said no, and we got married, and we put $6,000 of our own cash in, plus the $5,000 just to get married, inviting 100 guests, and that, that was the biggest mistake that we ever made. Sure. That's a fucking nightmare. The, I mean, as bad as a wedding is... Worse is, hey, I'm getting in the mar married in the Caribbean. Destination. <laughs> You're like, what? What the fuck are you talking about? I want you to come with. And, yeah, and then they're like this. It'll be great. It'll be like a vacation for all of us. No, it won't. It's like us wanting to do something once we get to the Bahamas, and then you saying, no, it's the bridal fucking dinner or the fake bachelor party. Which we can't get too drunk since the wedding's tomorrow. I've seen those hangover movies. Those bachelor parties can get too crazy. I'm going to tell you, the hangover movies are fiction. Nothing is that fun anymore. Because most people know, if I do this now, there's going to be pictures, and my chick's going to find out. It's going to ruin the whole event. And Mike Tyson's not going to be there. Oh, spoiler alert. What? The new one's coming out soon, too. Can't wait. I want to finish the trilogy. Yeah, and they say this time it's going to be even more crazy and more fun. 
It doesn't. I don't know. I'm just watching by the trailer. It's all I know. It doesn't look like they black out this time, and that makes me sad. They gotta do the the picture bit at the end again. Was See, it? everyone got mad at them for blacking out again and doing the picture bit. Yeah, there was no more mailed-in movie than The Hangover 2. It's seriously like they just crossed out Las Vegas in the first script and just wrote, uh, Bangkok. See, I loved it, but but I never saw the first one. So I thought it was just tremendous. <laughs> I'm like, they can't remember anything. Yeah, oh, they have a monkey instead of a baby. It's messed up. Here's my problem, and this is why I would disagree and give it two thumbs up. Every time Zach Galifianakis is on fucking screen, I laugh. I just think he's fucking hilarious. He was on Bill Maher's show on Friday. It was really funny. What did he do? He was just hanging out, just talking smack, talking about, um... He was talking about his farming, and they were talking bad about Monsanto. I know he probably grows weed on that farm. That this whole thing is just bullshit. Why so a place for him to grow weed. Why wouldn't he? Come on. Come on, Zach G. Did you ever say, where do I get my money right? Whatever. No. What's that fucking song called? Oh, yeah, with uh, the Kanye, Kanye song? Yeah. Can't Tell Me Nothing? Yeah, that fucking video is so fucking funny. Like, I would definitely go to his wedding. We get the invite. I bet your parents want to do it up big, though, right? I, I, honestly, I don't think so. I haven't heard anything. This hasn't been discussion, so I doubt it. Here's the weird thing about you. I mean, you're kind of already married. You're in this relationship. What's the whole thing about you then finally saying, we've decided not to break up? Is all the marriage is these days. Because people live together. I mean, I agree. I, I already feel like the, the, not the pressure, but the, I already feel married. It's like I'm probably going to marry her. She knows she's probably going to marry me. It's like a, just a foregone conclusion. How long before you use the L word? First uh, date? No. Did you just yell, I love you? When he asked her out. Look, I love you. I, so love you. <laughs> I love you so much, babe. Let's go. Would you like to get a drink with me? <laughs> I love you so much. Let's go to Chili's. <laughs> Two for twenty. Come on. He had an arranged marriage by himself. <laughs> How quick did you say? I love uh, you. It, it was difficult because because we were like friends kind of first. So that's I like better. Knew, by the way, that's better. I knew I loved her before like we started like dating seriously. You knew you love you you loved her. Even when she was uh, just a friend. Yes. Wow. Stalkerish. Yeah. Sick. Does she know that? Yes. Does she think it's creepy or romantic? I think initially creepy, but then we started <laughs> dating and now it's romantic. You loved her even before you liked her. <laughs> yes. Wait, had you talked to her already before you knew you loved no, her? No, loved her from afar. Wow. He loved her from a Facebook page that he just found just <laughs> randomly. He goes around and looks at Facebook pages. <laughs> Let's see all the Facebook pages of women in this area code. Now, you were friends with your chick first, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. in, uh, in college. Did you love her before you dated her? We were just friends. We were just, just as good but friends. But there wasn't a part of you to think, I really love her as a friend? Maybe like platonically, like I love like hanging out with, like I love hanging out with you, this is great, whatever. Right. But then, and then, um, but then yeah, then like a year later after I'd gotten the boot from SUNY Purchase, mm. I was bouncing around New York for a while. And then you thought, that's what I missed the most. <laughs> yeah. I thought I missed school, but really I do miss her. I miss her. I miss you, baby. Did you say to her, look, we're such good friends that I think we'd be even better friends if I laid on you naked. <laughs> I won't, think then won't this we'd really be good friends. <laughs> that'll that'll secure the bond. That's adorable. It's so nice. 
At least I wasn't some weird creep stalker. <laughs> this time. Just making collages in my, in my hey, apartment. Where are collages coming from? I, I didn't do any of those things. Ken, you're on the Run of Fez show. Yes, sir. Worst, worst wedding ever. Cruise ship. All the guests had to go through customs. They didn't have time to practice, so we had to watch the rehearsal and then watch them come back and do it again. It was horrible. Ugh. First of all, to me, the we're trapped on a cruise ship is the worst vacation you can have. And we're trapped on a themed cruise ship would even be worse. And I don't know how fucking like bands will do it. Like go out on a cruise ship with their fans. My buddy was uh, a bass player, he's a jazz bass player, and he um, he just got a gig on a cruise ship because, mm-hmm. like you know, he was single and whatever. He said it was the worst, whatever, six months of his life or year contract, whatever contract he signed. Dude, I know guys later. doing it a lot longer than that, like decade. Wow, comics, and they're like, hey, it's easy. You only do X amount of shows. You have to, and then you call fucking bingo or whatever. And I'm like. Ugh. I think I'd kill myself. It's groundhog. You know, they're always hosting some kind of contest when they're not. Because, like, a lot of times you'll, like, go to one of those shows and people, there's, like, a play going on, like a musical. And you're like, wait, wasn't on our waiter yesterday? <laughs> Everyone's doing double duty? Yeah. <laughs> um, Electric Dave wants to know this. How come Hicks always has a friend who did something that relates to the current story. I do. I, 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 it does the, seem the to happen name, a lot with you. Well, I'm sorry that I'm, I'm friends with individuals that have jobs. I'm sorry that I'm a social butterfly, all right? I have a lot of friends, so get off it. But here's, here's the deal. We never meet any of your friends, except for that one guy who talks just like you and you do a, a podcast with. That's Chris from Brooklyn. What, when are you guys doing another podcast? Uh, next Monday. How come you never promote that one? You're always promoting Davey Mac. Oh, you can check out my other podcast, High Society Radio, at NewTrashCity.com. And my buddy, Take the bass... me down to New Trash City. Yeah. My buddy, the bass player, is a jazz bass player, went to SUNY Purchase, and he got the gig after college. Is he going to be on High Society Radio? No. On New Trash City? <laughs> no, he's he's not. But... His band was played on the show before, his old band. <laughs> really? Yeah, because uh, their uh, drummer was a uh, big oh, fan. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you told me they had a heart tribute band. <laughs> no, it wasn't a heart tribute band. Barracuda. <laughs> Did you guys watch the, uh, what do you call it the other night, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? <laughs> no, I, I didn't. I didn't. Here was the funny thing about it. So all these Rush fans show up. So for years after Rush saying... We don't care whether we're in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. They got there and were giddy. They were so excited to be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. But their uh, fans had to sit through Public Enemy and just stared at them. Oh. I'm glad. No, I'm glad. Public Enemy, they got a treat that they didn't appreciate. They didn't appreciate it. It's Public Enemy, people. I know you go out and you looked into the audience like the only people that were up and dancing would be like Foo Fighters nice. and then the guy in the Chili Peppers who looks like Will Farrell. He was up and dancing around. Good. It was actually a very good fucking show and very funny. 
Ronnie's interview with Todd Rundgren is now up on the iBang. Of course, he has his new album, State, available on iTunes, Amazon.com, and at ToddStore.com. And if you would like to be part of the iBang transcribing team, just email editor at the Interrobang. That's editor at the Interrobang. Hold on. There's a chance. I want in. Get to it. That was the most awkward way of saying you want to join something in history. But I don't want to comment on it because I want to keep him pumped up. Mm-hmm. I feel like he's coming back. How how often does that happen? So like a to- is there like a? No, uh, it happens what about twice an hour? Yeah, maybe sometimes maybe a little less. Like weather on the tens. And then normally with a half hour left in the show, he'll do two of the news things. Well, he didn't on uh, Friday, but he did the day. Uh, the two days before, but now he'll rush it up because I brought it up now. So now it will he'll break the chain. It's like a it's like you know talking about a no hitter or something. Hey, we might have to slow down. From what I understand, the transcribing team is just blowing up right now. All right, it's like <laughs> people are just <laughs> rushing to become part of it. We need to start talking more so there's more to type. <laughs> oh man, that probably good. Now I'm going to say a couple things wrong, just so it looks like they've misspelled. <laughs> They're transcribing. So people look at it and go, that can't be right. Spell check. Cover that. Just say check spell. Check spell. Mm-hmm. I was at Cog Chayo the other day, having a really great time. So much nicer than Skinny Atlas. 10, 15 minutes behind. Yeah. Like Just got guest. word. So Randy Moss is coming in here today. No, not Randy. Oh. Elizabeth. Elizabeth Moss. Yes. Did she also play with the Vikings, uh, Raiders, and Patriots? Actress. The actress Elizabeth Moss. Oh. Mad Men, Top of the Lake. Okay. All right, so people writing in this. Fez never talks during the show anymore, but when he does, his mic is so much louder than you guys. Jacked up. <laughs> it just sounds like this. For an hour you don't hear from them, you just hear, Transcribing team! Yeah! Transcribing team! I'll get the word out. I'm a little sad because my nephew was cut from the transcribing team at his school. Yeah, JV transcribing, though. Well, not at his school. They had done some cutbacks. So, And I told him, why don't you just try to be the equipment manager? You get the keyboards for everybody. <laughs> Proper lighting, that's important. And one of those like little lower back pillows. Hand braces, you know, you don't want to get carpal tunnel. All right, Chris, fucking drop it. Carpal dude. tunnel the, syndrome is the very. The bit's st- over. The bit's done. Oh, You're just fucking like, dragging it through the streets. Water. Where's it going? Where'd you get that Letterman jacket? Are you on the transcribing <laughs> team? I mean, this shit might work for a high society. <laughs> it's a good time. Uh, which show do you prefer doing? Davy Max Boats mm-hmm. or a high society? Oh, there. I love all of, all the he shows. You got to pick, though. Nazis at my parents? Mm-mm. Nope. You just have to pick. <laughs> We're not babies. We don't need to set up a weird thing. Also, what would they have? Well, I've been doing High Society much longer than I have the David Max Sports Program. Yeah. I'll pick High Society Radio, even though it's, you know, oh. David Max Sports Program is my love. 
I know a sensitive redhead who's not going to like that. Here's how he... This is what Chris thinks of his shows. High Society Radio, number one. Yeah. Uh, Then Davey Mack Sports Program. Yeah. 30 Yards of Shit. (laughs) And then Ron and Fess. Ron and Fess is first. That's, That's a given. I just heard you pick High Society. Out of those two. Ron and Fess is first. Always. Coming up on the radio every Saturday. Ow. Go check the Jager House Society Pop Club. What are you guys going to be talking about, High Society? Uh, dabs? Oh, yeah, Dabs will come You up. only talk about dope on that show? No, no, a wide range of subjects. 3D printing. Trains. Trains. Running thereof. So you do three shows a week. Including this shit show, what you call it. This is number one show. Okay. Uh, I do the High Society uh, once every two weeks, every Mondays. How many of those shows are fielding transcribing teams? None. But we could start. <clears throat> uh, Brad, Tennessee, you're on the Run of Fed show. Uh, hey, gentlemen, you know, talking about weddings, worst one I ever went to was a minor league baseball game in Columbus, Georgia. It had kind of a Bull Durham feel, but the weird part was when, you know, when, when they presented the bride, they pulled her old last name off of the jersey, and it had the guy's last name, and it was the campiest thing I've ever seen in my life. I think it's life. fucking adorable. They play a game afterwards? Um, it's like pro wrestling. Like, by God, he's wearing a Bennington jersey. <laughs> I think it's just fantastic. I think it's the only thing that I'd ever want to do. Uh, here's uh, Rich on the Run of Fez show. Hello? Yeah, so you don't, buddy. Is this Ronnie? Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't hear you even say my name. Uh, my name's Rich. How you doing, Ron? Good, pal. I called you up because... Uh, I sent you guys an email on Friday. I know you like the Outlaws, and we're doing two private shows for them. And I sent it to Pepper's email for you. If you're interested, we'd love to have you as a guest. That's very nice. I didn't hear that from him. Uh, Is Henry Paul back with them? That's my buddy. Yes, he is. He's the one that's running the show. He's uh, great. He's an awesome guy. He's one of my best friends. I've known him since 79. Um... I just wanted you to be aware of it. One of the shows is going to be in Pennsylvania. I don't want to tell too much information over the air, but the email is there for you, and the other one is a charity event here in New Jersey. Uh, all right. Great, man. Just check it out. It's on Pepper's email, and uh, hopefully we'll see you there. And my number's there if you need to contact me. All right. Thanks, bro. Peace. Welcome. Great day. Bye. Um, Bill, you're on the Run of Fest show. Yeah, just a, uh, just curious. Why are you guys fielding a, um, a transcribing team? I mean, just get some, you know, Dragon speech to text software. I mean, it probably wouldn't work really well when Hicks is speaking, but everybody else would probably. Oh, you can go straight to hell because I'll talk about your stupid. I don't have it. I can't curse. You, you swore. You just. You go to hell. I didn't curse you, jerk. Go you to hell. You said H E double. There it is again. Hicks. You can say hell on terrestrial radio. Oh, oh, okay. This is terrestrial radio rules. I apologize. Yeah. Okay. How's well, the curse? Save yourself a few bucks. Stop being a D sipper. Can't say that either, right? I think you could probably still 
put in D-Snipper. Because you'd have to be listening a lot to figure that one out. And then I, I'll be throwing that around. That guy was a D-Snipper, big time. How come you didn't know about the Outlaw show? Did you get that? It's, I'm looking. I'm searching Outlaws in my email. Laura Haywood email came up. She is an outlaw. I didn't know that we um, use the last names for people. Well, I guess we do with Steve Leeds. SL. He's the man. Hey, I noticed uh, that Zito is new Liam, and Liam is always angry at Zito. Yeah, these two get at it hardcore. Do you guys fight a lot? No. <laughs> I mean, really? Sometimes. Sometimes we have disagreements, but it's all in fun. Because I'll ask him what's going on, and he'll go like this. Uh, Liam will say about Zito, your boy fucked you over. He always says that to me. Wait, what? Why would he do that? I would never fuck you over. Well, I think he just meant through your own um, problem. Oh. So we got Elizabeth Moss coming in today. She's running, what, 15 minutes late? 10, 15 minutes late, yeah. What time was she supposed to be here? Now. Hmm, fuck. I'd be talking Elizabeth Moss right now. Still, we're stuck with Zeta. Do you watch Mad Men? Yeah, I watch Mad Men. I got into it late, but now I'm I'm all about it. What do you think? Oh, she's what, Peggy? She's Peggy Olsen, yeah. She's um she just left uh, Don Draper's outfit, but then they merged with the uh with her new outfit now they're back. How's she gonna get along with those guys though? That's the thing. Because like, she's moved up. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. She. Uh, she's kind of like almost in a Don, Dra like a Don Draper esque position at the new company, but now everything is, everything's right. changing. On uh, last night's episode, uh, half the uh, cr half the office was high on speed, but she didn't take any. Why not? Uh, she's not. I don't think she's not, she. She likes the weed. Yeah, right? She just smokes weed and drinks. She got pretty drunk, but everyone was just loaded. Just messed up off speed. That some like doctor came in and was mm -hmm. like, "It's a vitamin supplement because it's like you know sixty seven or something." Right. So no one have any idea that they're They used to have medicine. a guy in New York City that you women would go to him and get these fucking shots, and it would be like a fucking B twelve mixed with speed, mixed yeah. with coke, and just they would get so fucking high, and then they would like. Next day, they're like, God, I'm so run down. I'm going to go back to the doctor. I need my fucking vitamin shot. And they would honestly become junkies. Old ladies. Because all that stuff was legal, right? There was no, like, uh, well, they didn't know how bad it was at the time. Yeah. I mean, they, you know, they used to just sell pills to fucking, they would give those pills to housewives, you know, which was just pure, nasty fucking speed. You know, people's moms were doing Christmas trees. Nice. Sick. This is fucking crazy. Just putting them on Nazi dope. And there was this, uh, I read this thing, there was also a guy who would give out, uh, like, morphine and downs. Yeah. And one of the ways he did it was through a suppository. And these people would stick this thing up their ass and feel the bottom part of their body go to sleep first. <laughs> before it came creeping up through their stomach, their armpits. And I, I'd never, I've never experienced that kind of high where it starts in a weird place and it moves around. That's nuts. But I've always been curious about it. I just want down legs where my head is just fucking... I mean, it would be great just to have your body downed out while your head was working perfectly. You're just like... 
No, I definitely can't get up because look, when I try to move my arm, it's like dropping a, a brain into some jello. But could you imagine, like, if drunk was normal, right? You would be trying to cop sober pills all the time, and you were like, "That's that is so clear. I was so fucking clear. Look at the work I did." And you'd just be like, "It would be amazing to be sober for a little bit." He just didn't been there. I was fucking lucid. Really? Lucid. I started sober calling my friends and really making up with people, explaining myself. You finally got into a car. You would, yeah. I drove to San Francisco. You would love it. There would just be this fucking black market of these sober pills. Just like once you started seeing women to be actually as attractive as they really are. Oh my god. Not what you're willing to settle for when drunk. Because you're blasted literally all the time. Speaking of Zeets, did you get your, your, your new wife's list? Of, like... Past lovers? Um... I'm aware of a couple people, but that's about it. Any that work here? No. She never dated anybody that worked here? No, she, I don't think she was here long enough to date more than just me, which is good. For me. Yeah, but bad for us. Yeah. Because we like to be, like, every time like there was a meeting, we'd be like, well, this is awkward. That'd that be, would be perfect. That'd be really bad. I wouldn't like that at all. Um, Doug, you're on the Run and Fish show. Yeah, you mentioned the uh, Christmas trees. I remember uh, back in the uh, early 80s, one of my buddies uh, in Pittsburgh, his mother had a, this, like, uh, cookie jar that had all these pills in it. And uh, we had to get a PDR to figure out what we were taking. It was, like, uh, Benny's, Dexy's, Yellow Jackets, Big Footballs. Uh, uh, it was unbelievable. Yeah, that's where, I mean, you know, 2 one alls and Quaaludes weren't invented by hippies. It was pharmaceutical companies. Just like Oxys, pharmaceutical companies. And uh, what, Hitler created the, they, they created a derivative of amphetamines or something? I've always heard that. I don't uh, know how true it give is. Give it to the Nazis as soldiers. Oh, yeah, give it to soldiers. But we've given speed to soldiers for years. Elvis got hooked on speed when he was in the army. Just handing them fucking pills. Little fucking white crosses or truckers. That's where it started, with the downhill spiral. He was like, train, train. Just fucking up all night. This body just jerking back and forth all Elvis style. <laughs> I can't stop my leg right now. Man, I like that pill you gave me. What's that called? Speed, Elvis. You got as many as you want. Poor fucking Elvis. Just all jacked up on speed. In the meantime, he's in the fucking army. Making fifty dollars a week, and Colonel fucking Tom's taking half the money. That twenty-five is mine, Elvis. It's fifty-fifty. Even non-singing ventures. Yeah, everything. If fucking Elvis had a date, he had to be able to finger the girl. <laughs> That's how much of Elvis he owned. That's awkward. Deal's a deal. You make a deal with the devil, you got to fucking dance. Poor Elvis. Poor 
All right, we're getting uh, ready for uh, Elizabeth Moss to stop in. She is, uh, well, she did our favorite show this year, Top of the Lake. On Sundance, which was one crazy-ass show. Uh, Eric, you're on the Run of Fez show. How's it going, guys? Good. Just, uh, I'm wondering about tie sticks. Nobody ever talks about tie stick anymore. I'll talk about tie stick with you all fucking night and day you want to. Here's my big tie stick story. We smoked it before one of the proms or during one of the proms I went to. So we're in this fucking limo. And I get out of the back door and I'm just fucking whacked on this tie stick. So I slam the door behind me on my fucking girl's legs. Oh, God. She takes the full door across the fucking shed. <laughs> and I remember telling her, let's not make a big fucking deal about this, okay? I don't want to hear all night about how bad your legs hurt. I'm wearing a fucking bow tie here. So we're both uncomfortable. Classy. Uh, but then uh, she's also Elizabeth Moss. Big year for her, Top of the Lake and Mad Men. And uh, it should go fucking strong, right? Mad Men is just getting bigger and bigger all the time. Yeah, gigantic. It's, it's, it's so beloved by critics, and plus it gets the ratings, so... That's what you care about, the ratings. Look, a lot of people watching it, I'm in. Do they got their own banana booth like we went to the other day? No. That's a mistake. There's always going to be money in the banana. <laughs> There's always money in the banana stand. No, they should have like a whiskey and cigarette stand. You'd love that, wouldn't you, Pepper? Yeah, I would, obviously. I like smoking and drinking whiskey. You smoke whiskey? <laughs> I say smoke whiskey. Yeah, you said you like smoking. And drinking whiskey. Mm. So it sounds like you both smoke and drink whiskey. You should soak your cigarettes in whiskey. I could probably do that. Dry them out. Whiskey River, take my mom. You gotta go to the Outlaw show with me. Wanna go? Mm-hmm. Alright. Greenfields and High Tides Forever, my friend. Florida's Guitar Army. Sounds like a party. What's that mean? Sounds like it's a good time. Every th oh, so you say, if you're having a good time, you just say, it's, this was a party. <laughs> this movie was a party. Did you, go, did you see that party this weekend? Yeah, the Star Trek party. Fez went out to get Elizabeth Moss, and now I think I see him behind Zeitz. Very strange. I think it's all going to work out. How do you like new Fez? It's weird. He's gone through a rough time. Yeah. And as soon as I, I heard about the shooting where the guy gets just shot in yeah. head, I'm like... Oh. Believe me, my phone rang as soon as the police report came in. Yeah. I feel like I could be killed down here. I'm like, no one's going to even know that you're gay. You're never with anybody. <laughs> Stream of mustache-related killings in West Village. Yeah, if he got rid of the mustache, no one would know a thing. Well, the mustache will attract people because, I mean, the facial hair, if you have, like, weird facial hair, that's that's the big thing now. Yeah, Beards. I'm mustaches. telling you what you got to do is you got to get a little dog. Uh, I was walking around with that little dog that day and fucking, I was getting swarmed by people. Chicks and gays. Swarming me. What's your dog's name? <laughs> like, I don't know. Dog thing? Dog name? <laughs> dog thing. That's just dog thing. <laughs> 
And I had to say to people, he's not going to fucking piss if you're fucking petting his head. And it's and he's a her, so please, I'm not used to doing all this. Would it poop up there? No, they oh, get wait. fucking weird. The other thing I found out about the leash is you're not supposed to let go of it. No, the dog's gonna run away, isn't it? Yeah, that's what I found out. <laughs> so if you hold on to the other end of the leash, yeah, you keep the dog from leaving you. Yeah, that's that's the point of the leash. I thought it was just so you could hear it just sitting around. So you know where he was at. No, 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 no. You have to keep a hold of the dog. The dogs will just run away willy-nilly. That is a gay term. To <laughs> yeah, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Listen, I can't curse. I'm trying to cope here. Uh, Joe, Boston, you're on the Run and Fez show. Hey, guys. Uh, I don't know if you caught the uh, Vice episode this past Friday about the Ibogaine treatment for heroin addiction that actually works. No, I have it uh, taped, though. Yeah, it's fucking nuts, dude. They like all these African rituals and putting this guy on Ibogaine. Uh, he's like snorting it, doing all kinds of stuff with it. And after like three day period, he's like cleared of his heroin addiction. I mean, after 120 days, he's still totally clean. Did he, he tried to go? He tried to go sober like 50 times before. He said nothing worked. Did he ever try to? Did he get dope sick while he was doing this though? Oh yeah, I guess the high from that is like the whole point of it is it scares the shit out of you so much from hallucinogenic, hallucinogenic properties that it, like, completely cuts through the heroin addiction, and it just, like, kind of puts you on, like, a clean slate in a way. All right, I got to see this now. Yeah, well, supposedly yeah, but... um, taking this, this the concentrate of this weird plant, I think, from it's grown in Africa, is that it, it just takes away all, like, the DTs. Like, it just, it, it makes, with coming down, coming with withdrawal, like, it's it just a tenth of what it should be. And then after right. that... But he's saying that the guy's hallucinating and petrified by his hallucinations. Well, it's also, we it's a weird tripping thing, too. It, it was a really strange, strange episode. And what was the other hey, one had something to do with smoking? Uh, yeah, in the Philippines, or no, in Jakarta, in Indonesia, it was Indonesia, where uh, there's no smoking laws. So, yeah. like, children, it's just open. Children smoke and are addicted to cigarettes, and the parents give them money to go buy cigarettes every day. And that there's, there's like, clinics that cure cancer with smoking. So they'll wrap you up in, like, tinfoil. And then they'll have a tube, and there's guys just smoking cigarettes, blowing smoke into your body. Does it work? No. Hmm. Are you sure? Too bad. That would be great if it did. It does not work. No one would see that coming. I'd be like you could beat alcoholism by drinking a lot. <laughs> Finally. But I used to go buy cigarettes for my dad when I was a little kid. There wasn't any carding kids or anything like that. Cigarettes were just cigarettes. Because you already had, the machines were everywhere, and you could always go to a machine and buy cigarettes. I haven't seen a cigarette machine in a long time. Me neither. Well, because you don't have a machine that can take $14. All right, we got Elizabeth uh, Moss here. We were talking about her. She's from our favorite movie, uh, Top of the Lake. But also, on Mad Men, she plays Peggy Olsen, who... Everybody's in love with. She's great. And Don Draper doesn't uh, sleep with. No, he has not slept with her. Because there's more of a respect thing. Yeah. Let's bring in Elizabeth Moss.
Elizabeth uh, Moss in studio with us, and we were just talking about smoking, and wouldn't it be just <laughs> great to enjoy ourselves? Which is very bad for you. Is it? Yes, nobody should smoke. <clears throat> what age did you start smoking? <laughs> did you start as a little kid? I don't smoke. What are you yeah. talking about? You really, don't you feel like you me. can't tell people? I feel you? like I should not encourage people to smoke, yeah. I'll I don't say, think it's good for you. Yeah, but you know what? The uh, I found this out from when I was a little kid. Girls think that. It's cool when you smoke. No, they don't. Yeah, they do. Why are you smoking? But I would just say to the kids out there, if you really want to meet girls, Horrible. start smoking. Because they're going to see you as a rebel. This is, I'm, I don't, do you think a lot of kids are listening right now? Yeah. <laughs> yeah this is a children's show. <laughs> this is a children's show, and all the kids love, like, a lot of times they'll go, all right, kids, we're moving on. We're going to listen to this radio show for a while. But, yeah, you shouldn't smoke unless, you know, you want to look, you like look cool. Yeah, look really, really cool. It's a great lesson yeah. that we're teaching today you, you, you quit school you wear your hair longer and you just have fun it's perfect all right right off the bat i want to say this best show this year maybe best show i've seen on tv in a long time top of the lake wow thank you very much i really appreciate that thank you stunningly great thank you and incredibly uh frightening in, in the real life sense of scary yeah yeah. That things can get that weird. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you. I really, it's like we, you know, that was something kind of that wasn't made for a lot of, we didn't have a lot of money and it was really tough shoot and in New Zealand and five months doing six episodes. And um, so I, I, the fact that people love it is to me just, I'm so flattered. It's better than most m movies. Well, it's be, it's what movies used to feel like, that really yeah. strange tension yeah. that you can get mm -hmm. um, instead of falling back on action and you know explosions mm -hmm. but beautiful place but harsh right yeah yeah definitely very raw mm -hmm. you know i think that we shot a lot of it in queenstown new zealand which is on the south island and it's it's a beautiful place it's a stunning place it's probably one of the most beautiful places i've ever been but it does have a raw edge to it mm -hmm. there is something frightening about it um and mysterious i don't know if it's just because it's so remote or just because it's well it's also big that everyone looks small there yeah everyone just looks tiny yeah. because the lake is giant the, right. the mountains everything yeah. so it just makes people more and more vulnerable mm -hmm. it's a very vulnerable yeah story that's why those helicopter shots were really important in the big sort of more in the beginning episode two or three because it we wanted to show how big that landscape yeah. is and how hard it would be to find a 12 year old girl yeah you know it was uh kubrick did that in the shining at the opening scenes of the shining yep. of just the helicopter shot to show you yep. uh, and there's something about remoteness yes. that is frightening exactly that you will and that that you know and that's what happens to, to robin to my character she does end up kind of being the only one the only person who can solve the case the only person who believes that Tui can be found. You know, mm -hmm. she kind of is alone so much in her search and her journey, and the landscape definitely reflects that. Yeah. But at the same time, she's really in jeopardy every minute of the day yeah. from all around her. Yeah. Such ex what I, the other thing I loved about it, you have these extreme masculine types and extreme feminine types to where it really became two separate tribes. Yeah. Uh, which, in a way, takes us back to Mad Men. You kind of play that. You are, uh, you've got your foot on Mad Men. I think in two different places. Yeah, I do. I do feel like the the men on top of the lake make the men of Mad Men look 
like pussy cats. Yeah, they are. You right. know? Like, yeah, it's true. The men on top of the lake will kill you. Right. <laughs> they but will the guys, run you over or shoot you. Right. And what we've done in America is come, well, I will destroy your future in business. Right, exactly. But not so much come over your house and, and skin you. Exactly. I will make you not able to make money, but mm-hmm. exactly, I, I will not, I won't actually drown you in a lake. Right. <laughs> in this frozen, frightening lake. <laughs> I will drink you under the table, but that's the only way that I'm going to kill you. Uh, but uh, how long has Batman been on now? Uh, six seasons. This is six seasons. Six seasons. So what year are we up to on Mad Men? What year I think are we, we are in uh, at least 68. 68. We might be 69, but I'm not sure if that's happened yet on the show. So, I, And all this time, I was always wondering if Peggy was going to just go anti-establishment, move over to the other side. But she does. She keeps her feet in both worlds. Yeah, she does. And I think that that... I love that. Like, I, that's who Peggy is. She's not... You know, like my, I mean, she's not going to become a hippie. She's not going right. to start burning her bra. She's not, it's not, she's going to always, like how she dresses now on the show is mm. probably how she will dress pretty much for the rest of her life. You know, like I remember my grandmother wore like pretty much the same kind of pantsuit, mm-hmm. you know, all the time. And that, and she got her hair done once a week. <laughs> like, you know, what are you doing today? She was washing her hair. Right. Um, you know, and so I think that Peggy will remain who she's a child of the 50s, not the 60s. Right. So she will remain who she is probably for a, quite a while. She's not going to become that person. It really is funny, though. I never thought about that. But when people hit a certain age, they're like, yep, this is it this for me. This is it. This is my style. This yeah. is the way my hair looks. This is the music I listen to. Totally. I'm done totally. changing. And she's not quite there yet. Mm-hmm. I think she's got to be, she's a little younger than me, so she's got to be like 27 maybe now or 28. But she'll, she'll like a, by the end of the show, she'll get there. <laughs> yeah, by the end of the show, <laughs> yeah. it'll be some kind of, and, there, and then if you really look at this, they're going to end up in the 70s with weird key parties. <laughs> I mean, their life is one of the strangest. Yeah. But that I always thought was the weird generation because I always looked at them one way when I was younger but now when you go back and you watch you know the rat pack type stuff you're like well and look at some of the style they really did have some cooler things and they were given credit for by their kids Mm -hmm. you know yeah absolutely and I think that you know the reason why Peggy I is good at her job and why she's in, I think she's kind of got her is like you said she's got one foot in both sides like she is a child of the 50s enough to to have a certain kind of old-fashionedness right. to her, but she has her finger a little bit on the pulse of the youth, so she right. kind of knows what's going on there, but also knows how to, like, manipulate it. Right. As opposed to being somebody like, you know, one of the more kind of hippie-ish guys in, in her crew. Right. Which is more limited of a viewpoint, you Yeah, know? she almost says, okay, here's what young people are thinking, here's yes. what women are thinking, so let's sell to them. You exactly. know what I mean? Almost turning on them exactly. when you think about it using her knowledge against <laughs> right, them <laughs> right and this you know and really the most establishment type of a business that there is yeah. we just sell 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 Absolutely. no matter what it is it's all literally all about selling yeah yeah but you know that same generation because we were talking about the way they looked and all they were also i think the first generation who started to have like midlife crisis and stuff mm-hmm. where they would go okay now i'm into est 
or you know whatever weird new you know thing is coming along the line mm -hmm. but it was still done from a place of searching mm -hmm. you know where before that like if you were of that same age of the 40s and 50s you were just like this is life i go and do these things and i stop i think that was like the first generation to go i don't feel fulfilled i don't feel right yeah absolutely and i think that was there was sort of i mean i listen i'm not matt weiner would be a much better person to speak about this kind of thing mm -hmm. but i do think the little knowledge that i have of it my understanding is there's a, there's a sense of disillusionment right um that was perhaps different than the 40s or 50s uh, with the war and with things that were happening politically and with um the way that life was changing there was a right. sense i think of people being dissatisfied and disillusioned by their country and disillusioned by the their leaders mm -hmm. and people that they were supposed to to look up to and you know you, they started to look up to the, you know was more previous to where we are now but the, the beatles more than they would look right. up to you know yeah. who, that that's who the kids followed right um were the bands and so i think that there is a definitely a sense of searching and a sense a sense of being lost that is i think we're trying to show in this season mm -hmm. of people feeling like they're treading water like you just can't seem to get forward and you just keep making the same mistakes you know which i think is reflective of that time right and then every thing after that you know what yeah. I mean? after that uh, people decide you know i don't know how everything fell apart i thought i was on the right path yeah well that i think is one of the i mean i don't know how it happened this way i don't think it was necessarily intended it's just that well, i think one of the reasons why people really connected to the show is it came along at a time when people were fe feeling and experiencing exactly that mm -hmm. today right. and so they you know you were able to look at the show and go like oh my god yes that's what we're going through now like that's the parallels between that time and now sure are there's just so many not only politically but just as a country so it's it's i think that you know there's definitely been that feeling the whole time and it's getting more and it's getting darker and darker sure <laughs> you know? that's why obama couldn't use the hope thing the second time around <laughs> right. because there's nothing worse than giving people hope it's and then pulling it, it back out because you immediately feel like an abuse victim uh-huh absolutely so absolutely. people don't want i mean i think people today are pretty covered up yeah i i agree i agree and i think that you know, you see these characters like John Slattery's character, Roger Sterling, who is definitely having a crisis, is mm -hmm. definitely going through this sort of, he doesn't know which, his generation's kind of on the way out. He doesn't really necessarily feel like he's very relevant anymore. Right. Um, he's lost so much, and I think he's trying to kind of try something new i mean it is the definition of kind of a midlife crisis sure and it's a very common story of that time and a very common story now yeah and imagine like that was the generation they won the war they you know come back home things are going well and then all of a sudden everything changes and their own kids are like no this thing that you thought was truth and reality yep we're done with you yep. we don't like you absolutely we're gone absolutely and we're not listening to you anymore and that's but what's so interesting about madman is like you said it's it's the element of advertising so it's a, right. it's a great way to be able to comment upon the time mm -hmm. and comment upon what people are going through and feeling without having to you know be too expositional about it right. so you have a great reason to discuss the temperature 
of the country at the moment, you know, because you're trying to figure out how to sell them baked beans. Right. That's the important <laughs> thing is the sale. Mm -hmm. And that's what people never get at home, like when it comes to watching TV, that if enough people watch something that's good, then they'll keep making stuff that's good because they know that's what people want. Yes. You know, and I've said this before in radio. If you played a whistle on the air and enough people listened, <laughs> the next week there would be all kinds of radio stations that were just whistle because they don't care. No. The suits have never cared. Absolutely. It's absolutely true. And I think that, you know, that's something that we, I, we, in television, we owe a lot of credit to HBO for kind of taking sure. that first kind of stand and making really good television and people started watching it yeah. and then it enabled something like somebody like amc to come along and start making good tv and now you've got showtime and fx and all these others and right. sundance now is breaking into the game with top of the lake and then rectify which is i don't know if you've seen is fantastic and so yeah you're absolutely right people started making good shows and people watched them and now they make more of them they make more of them and all of a sudden you're like what? Holly Hunter's doing a TV show? Totally. Don Cheadle's doing a, a TV show? Uh -huh. I mean, those are people who you would have thought would have never Absolutely. Went and done the directors. TV. Jane Campion, mm -hmm. Steven Soderbergh, Michael Mann. I mean, people, you're like, wait, what? Like, these right. people, there's no, there's no line anymore. And that's also because they don't make movies that yeah. those kind of artists want to be involved in anymore. Yeah. So they just go, look, where, you know, where can I? go and do something like this absolutely like for somebody like jane she could would have a hard time making top of the lake as a film sure you know i don't you know would she get the piano made today i don't think I don't so know. i don't think it would happen yeah i don't know so it's you give her this canvas of six the six hour seven hour long thing and not only could she actually make it but it can be so much bigger and better than she would have even made it as a film you right. know what I mean? And I think that's a big draw for actors and, and creative and, you know, the directors and the writers is is the this bigger canvas. Right, because you, you, you couldn't tell that story in an hour and a half, two no, hours. No, you can't. And this way you get to have all these, like, for instance, Jane, I mean, she's so... What makes her so interesting is all her little, like, quirks and the weird extra stuff. And yeah. she she wouldn't be able to have, like, the... C storyline of the guy in the bar, you mm -hmm. know, and she wouldn't be able to have the weird sub character that you don't really know their name because it would all get cut. You would never have time. But when you have that stuff, like that's what makes a Jane Campion. Yeah, you know, working her with her was amazing. Was it? Yeah, it really was. It was. It was she's a remarkable woman. The biz bizarreness of that little shanty town that she had set up with those women that were just as far out as you can get in Holly Hunter's character. And I'm just like, wow, yeah. is that strange stuff. Super strange. Um, and then the, the drugs are playing into it. I yeah. mean, it was really, really complex and really... A, and I mean this in the best way, a tough watch. Yeah. Because you're like, any of these people could die. They're not planning on a 10-year <laughs> run with this. Right. It's yeah. not like pleasant <laughs> yeah. television. <laughs> I agree. I agree. I think that, you know, that's a lot of, uh, I think it takes a lot of guts to kind of go that way. Sure. And it's, you know, I don't think this would have been made five, six seven years oh, ago absolutely not. you know yeah. it wouldn't, have, wouldn't even been close yeah um but look at your career how you keep uh you know west wing mad men i mean we're sitting around talking about how hard it is to find quality <laughs> and you, you keep 
find yourself in that position time and time again. <laughs> yeah, I've been really weirdly lucky. I, don't, I didn't intend to like do a lot of television or anything. It just those are the parts that I got, you know, right. and West Wing was a part that I got and I wanted to be on, I wanted to be on the show, but it was also it wasn't something like that was like I'm going to do great television. It just I don't know, I happened to kind of fall into it. Does it does, does it take a while before you even look back and go, "Hey, this thing has worked out a little better?" I mean, in in real time, could you tell or Well, it took about West Wing um I wasn't as much of a I wasn't as much a part of because mm-hmm. I was reoccurring, so I felt removed from it in a way. Um, but that was kind of pretty successful, like pretty right early. Yeah. yeah, I had a little trouble at the beginning, I think, but I think it pretty much got great, you know, ratings wise and all of that pretty quickly. Um, Mad Men, we had no idea until we won the Golden Globe. Um, and John won the Golden Globe the for, for the first season. We we were, we didn't think we were anything. You know, we thought people liked us. We got good reviews, but we were like, nobody knows who we are. Right. We didn't know if we were going back for a second season. Um, none of that. And we thought Grey's Anatomy was going to win because that was like the show of the time, and it was like this massive show, massive hit. And so that was our moment when we were like, oh, huh. Yeah, this, this is... might, might be working. And then the weird thing about Mad Men is the people almost take it too seriously. Like, they really identify with those characters, and they really... I mean, the fans will get depressed or happy, depending on what's happening. (laughs) It reminds me of, like, uh, you know, my mom's generation was with soap operas. Right. They they don't see actors. They see actual life in front of them. I I mean, I'm a huge television fan. Mm -hmm. I watch a lot of stuff and I, I i i get it i feel the same way i mean i meet a lot of actors obviously and you know mm-hmm. you go to the emmys and stuff like that and you see people that i i i get the same way i'm like oh my god it's you know kyle chandler from friday night lights or you right. know and i can't get over it and i just you know you i and i'm the same way with breaking bad i yelled at at um <laughs> vince the creator of the show when i saw him was just like this is crazy like how could you do this how could you leave us like that when are we coming back and like literally was like you're an asshole <laughs> but that's how i i mean i i so i understand that feeling because i feel that way it's and who knew that this was going to be another golden age of television i know, you know? i know homeland is another show like mm-hmm. that that you're just there's so much good stuff out there and then i love this whole kind of resurgence of the miniseries and the you know original uh the the film or you know tv movie or whatever you call it these days you know we used to call it the movie of the week but i don't know what it is now um i love that there's just it doesn't feel like there are any lines anymore it just feels like good people make good stuff and then it people see it well because there's more channels too we are starting to adapt some of the british ways of okay mm-hmm. the show's only going to last a couple of years and we're going to do 12 episodes instead of 24 26 mm-hmm. and it's and it's gotten so much stronger absolutely and then with this whole kind of you know with netflix and what they're doing i don't know if you saw house of cards but yeah i did and loved it and i think that that's a whole other. Now, did you ball watch of it? All, did you watch it all at one time, or did you? I well, I'm six episodes in, so I, I haven't seen all I of it. See, but I'm I did watch be... all of those episodes, you know, 
together. <laughs> so they're together, which is really weird. Yeah. Arrested Development's coming out later this week, yeah. all in one thing. And I'm going, how do I want to watch this? Do I want to watch it all at the same time? Or I know. I was talking to, I think I was talking to Matt Weiner about this. Like, there is a sense of, I like that kind of, like, um week by week you know yeah. water cooler yeah, conversation you, yeah, you like, missed that I, yeah like I, I i love that but i i also am a sort of binge watcher so i get the other thing too um i like right i like that there's both right now yeah i have no i have no idea what the future will bring but i think uh you know sometimes it's great to to watch it together, but other times it's great to take a long weekend and go. Well, that's done now. Yeah, I just enjoyed it. In the meantime, I'm barely going back to movies anymore. <laughs> it's so awful. I'm the same way. I'm literally the same way on iTunes. Like, and I always watch TV shows. Like, I I really am the same way. All right, it's so great to see you. Nice Again, to see you too. Thanks so much for Top of Lake too. That was really, really a tough thing to pull off. Thank and of course, you. Mad Men is a big hit. Air Sundays, uh, ten o'clock, nine central on AMC, and Top of the Lake is available on Netflix. Make sure you pick that one up too. That's um, amazing, Elizabeth. See you next time coming through. Thank you so much. Thank you. me down to the water and hold me down until I'm full until I struggle no longer until I've drowned in my sinful will and bow my hands to the stake and set fire to the ground below watch my skin Bubble and burn beneath the rising smoke. You may kill me now, and you may hurt me so, but I will haunt you till the end is nigh. You may hunt me down, and you may turn me cold, but I will haunt you till the day.
Sirius XM. <laughs> You've been warned. Stones, artist of the day. Everybody's going out of their way to uh, make sure they jump on stage with the Stones on this tour. By the way, Hicks said, oh, man, I didn't know the Stones covered fish. I go, just just the opposite, Chris. What? Yeah. What a beautiful buzz. What a beautiful buzz. That's the last another 12 minutes, right? We're having very uh, rough times on the levels here. we got to work on the levels. All right, it's the Ron and Fez show. Uh, you know what I want to do? A box for tomorrow, maybe, about all the people that have hopped on stage with the stones on the store. And maybe we'll keep updating it as it goes along. Because it seems like it's going to be 50 by the time we get... However many uh, things that they're doing... Everybody's going to get the chance to get up and sing with the Stones. No matter what genre of music that you're from, no matter what you're doing, you get to sing a song with the Stones. We'll get to the point where Fasia from Fen, uh, from American Idol is going to be able to do a couple of songs. Yeah, why not? All right, it's the uh, Ron and Fez show. Uh, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. One of the craziest videos ever seen in my life is up on the iBank, and that's uh, it's, uh, Paul, Paul Blart has a sister. Um, ridiculously nuts. How into being a mall cop this woman is, and how bad it uh, goes for her. It's up on the uh, iBank. Um... Also, a weekend story, I couldn't believe the chick who struck out Ruth and Gehrig. 
I would love to get a hold of Paulo. I know he's got a big producer that he's working with now. And uh, he was very excited. And I'm like, go do this movie. This would be perfect. Paulo called me the other night and asked me permission to ask Fez permission to move in with him. And I had to say, that's between you guys. And he was like, was I good for him? Just tell me the truth. Was I good for Fez? Now, you and I talked this over. That's when Fez probably had his most airtime in what? How many years? Uh, since, I, since I've I've been on the show. Seven. Seven years. But I always remember this. That was the time that Fez went to two gay clubs. Yep. Actually jumped on stage and gave a speech at one of them. But then when we said Paul was really putting... He would not give Paul the credit for it. He was miserable with him. He did not like having Paul in his home. Yet, it was a different Fez. It was a different person. I don't know if he just has to be annoyed or just to... Well, when your main thing is comfort, you know, yes, it is going to be uncomfortable to do stuff. But It's I mean, never going to be as comfortable as your bed. His work improved. That's all I'm saying. It was great. It was great having him here. Paulio is on the on the line right now. Hey, Paul. Hey, how you doing? I I just well, I'm happy to talk to you, but I I just woke up out of a sleep, so I'll do the best I can. Nobody called you. Nobody. You didn't have to call in at all. I'm glad you're sleeping good. <laughs> no, I have to. I have to. You know, I worked last night. Um, go what ahead. kind of work are you doing now, Paul? I. I, I, you know, I, I'm struggling through life, and I have to, I have to make big changes. I've got a lot of things going on, and um, hopefully the changes will come. But right now, I don't want to go into that specifically. You are working with a big Hollywood producer, you said. I am the guy who has the Jaws franchise. Now, again, I, I am working with someone, and I'm, I really am doing the best I can to protect his interests. And, and mine. <laughs> and that's he won't tell me who the producer is. Yeah, I, I swore in secrecy, and I believe it's it's just a natural... I mean, it's it's standard. All right, let me yeah. ask you this, Hicks. Is there some franchise out there that isn't being used right now? Because Paul <laughs> acts like the guy's sitting on a gold mine, and they just need to reboot something. Some comic book, maybe, that, that failed? and then... no, I think just the opposite. I'm going to think one of the 80s buddies movies. Well, in any case, it's actually we actually have three projects specifically going on right now, and we're and we're going. We've already just talked about the dates now that we're going out to pitch directly to the studio a fourth project. Could you please fucking record that? I want to see you in a pitch meeting. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. As a matter of fact, I mean this is part of what we're. I we actually discussed this last night. And that is, we thought it would be a good idea, and this is completely out of the blue, and we have not discussed this with you at all. We thought it would be a good idea if Fez came out with us. And was part and of the pitch? Record, and, well, no, no, just, just for the trip, we would record him just going to L.A., having a good time, and and just, you know, just... How he is in normal life. This is what I thought would be a good idea. But, I mean, it has nothing to do with the pitch. 
and anything else. But we we scheduled time like in the middle of June. How did your conversation go with Fuzz last night? It went it went great. It went. I mean, it's always good. Mm-hmm. I think I think we have a good relationship. But he, you know, it's it's strictly an issue where he he doesn't like being pushed too much. He, we actually spent a lot of time talking about me, which we usually don't. And I think I think he's making good progress in in those ways. He sounded great. Um, I just I I kept hammering at him. though. I want him to be the old Fez. I want him to be as good as he can be and things like that. And I think I, I really kind of hammered home that I think he, he needs to push. My life sucks right now. I, hey, I just want to uh, shut up, Paul Hicks. Yeah. I want you and Pips to look at this. Yeah. This green machine, mm. naked uh, boost, one hundred percent juice smoothie, yeah, is from Miss Elizabeth Moss. Oh, half drunk, you could sit and drink the rest of it and share DNA. I know. Pete. How sexy is she, by the way? Oh, she's beautiful. She's a beautiful young lady. Yeah, but you meet beautiful people. I'm talking about you go beyond that. There's something with the aura. There's something about her that was just... Well, she seems fun. Like, like, like She seems like you want to hang out with her. I'm going to take it even more. She seems a little dangerous. She seems like she could get you in trouble. And I like that she smokes, even though she doesn't want to get She doesn't want to talk about it. <laughs> We ought to even check with Rob if someone says, can I light up? I mean, what's the big deal? It isn't one. That's what the big deal is. There isn't any. Um, all right, Paul. Yes. So, um, hold on. This is interesting. Psycho Bob has something. Psycho Bob, what do you got? Hey, uh, last night I was watching Anthony Bourdain, and he went to Libya. And one of the guys he talked to looked an awful lot like Pepper Hicks. Hmm. I thought he was in Morocco. What's the difference? No, this was Libya. He was having uh, dinner with the guy, and they were eating like stuffed calamari and things like that. Your people are Libyan, right? That's where your people come from, Hicks? Part of, yeah. I'm part Libyan. <laughs> Do you want to drink her boost? Uh, I mean, I'll have a sip. And then we can be like the tribe of the Elizabeth Monsters. Here's the weird, weird thing. This looks like moss that she drinks. Odd. How come we never get like energy boosters like this around here? We have Coke. Exactly. That's just sugar and caffeine. Oh. Here, do yourself a favor. Just smell it. it. Smells like a frog's asshole. Oh. People choose to drink this. Yeah. No, I don't. I think it's just for energy. I Red Bull. All right, Paulo. So you and Fez are working stuff out? Well, I, I um, you know, here's what I don't understand is why he doesn't have, I think the show makes him crazy, and to a certain degree. Because We've been he, worried about that. Yeah, I mean, I've been see. I mean, in the conversations I have with him, he sounds great, he sounds fine. What is it about yet, the show? Is it I me, Pep? No. I am kind of annoying. No, Fez loves no, I you, don't. Though. More than anything else on this planet. Then why does the show make him crazy? Maybe it's me. It could be you. Maybe I'm just a piece of garbage. There is that thing about you. I mean, and like, part of what makes you great is that you're garbage and trash mm. and a trash heap of garbage. Mm. But then like on that. the downside is, 
You stink like garbage. Oh, I don't stink. I took a shower. All right, someone just wrote to me, someone that we know very well, who just said simply, it's you. I mean, it's back to me. Can I guess who it was? No, that part doesn't matter. All right. Well, Polo, maybe you hit it. Well, do you feel I, like I mean, you shouldn't I, be doing the show? No, I I think that there's got to be. I mean, you know, if I but, Polo, there, let me just say something to you. It's like yeah. if you were the doctor and you said he's allergic to peanuts. Should he stop eating peanuts, doctor? No, absolutely not. Keep eating them. I'm I'm thinking that somebody really, I mean, I would like to go up there at least for a short period of time and really push him. And Did he, he give you the green light on that? Uh, he. Let's put it this way. The conversation went great. He was very supportive of me, but he doesn't seem to be giving me the green light on that, no. All right, then how was it a good conversation? <laughs> well, what I'm saying Wait, is... Wait, we got our guests coming in right now? No, I'm just preparing something. I, so. I already got it in front of me. Okay, good. I don't know where it is because I got the old stuff. You know who's coming in today, Polo? Yeah. Deepak Chopra. Oh, that's great. I and mean, his brother, know, Sanjeev. He, he always says you never drink cold liquids, only warm liquids. I like a cold beverage, though. I know, but it's not good for you. He's never refreshed. A cold beverage is much more refreshing than a warm beverage. But do you understand that like a cold beverage is a fairly new thing in terms of human beings that human beings didn't have things with ice you know around the I mean you would have a cold beverage in the winter yeah. because it was fucking cold out you know what my friend is doing with uh, the dog gets nervous when they're away I've never heard of this before so the dog gets nervous when she leaves it alone so what she do does is take some treats, some dog treats, and freezes them in ice. Yeah. And then leaves it for the dog, and it gives the dog something to do the whole time as it keeps trying to chew and lick its way down and then get a nice treat for himself. Oh, nice. So now when she leaves the house, the dog's excited. Just, it's just because it knows it's getting another it's, treat block. Yeah. Uh-oh. She's getting her purse and her jacket. It's frozen treat time. And that had me thinking, you know, when I get left alone at night, put a little treat in some ice, I'll spend some time with it, then I won't get so anxious. It's a damn smart I idea. Think, yeah. I think modern conveniences have introduced a lot of things into our lives that God did not intend. Like vacuum cleaners? God never wanted a vacuum cleaner. Exactly. And I think part You still of the, believe I, in God, huh, Paula? I I have a very broad understanding of how religious uh, religions conflict, and that of course there is no one who can say that they've ever seen God or anything like that. But Moses. I have a core I have a core faith, but clearly I I can't believe in any religion because they don't. There's no there's no logic to the constant conflicts between everything. But I think there is something. Yeah, I think if everyone was like Polo. The world would be so nice and freak out every once in a while. Right. I, I think there's too much conflict in the world, and that's for sure. I All mean, right, you Paul, know. here's what you need to do with Fez. Yeah. So you can stop 
you know, bother me about it. You've got to get a yes or a no from him. And a no is fine or a yes is fine. But this whole thing of you guys talk for an hour and do nothing just once again bounces it back to me and to a lesser sense, sense our own Chris Stanley. All right. I, I mean, all I can tell you is is that I we 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 have now decided we're going. We've got the pitch meeting all set up for. You haven't set that up with Fez, though. No, I haven't. Set Why that would up he go to L.A.? How's that going to help him? No, that's this is just brainstorming last night. This was just an idea. What the hell? You know, let him go and do some, he could call in to the show about his exciting trip to uh, L.A. Something different in his life. I understand we haven't cleared this with him. I'm going to LA. Well, have him call in right now. <laughs> that would be great. <laughs> I'm just saying. I would. Should I call him and tell him? <laughs> call into the See, show. I don't want to be involved in this anymore. It's got to be between you guys. I well, Paula, I'm glad you sleep until one o'clock in the afternoon. Now it's very nice. <laughs> did we call him, Chris, or did he call us? We called him. Huh, that's odd. Did I ask for him? No, he came up, though. I think maybe we'll not talk to him today, maybe later look, on. Look, as well you know, I, I, I'm, I'm in a very, I'm on an edge. I'm on a very razor's edge right now. I, I, I had discussions with Fez and, and everything, and I'm just saying that I am depressed, and I am hopeful. Uh, but, you know, I have no idea. Paul, how I saw a movie the other night. Billy Wilder did it. It's over 60 years old. Ace in the Hole? Unfucking believable. Yeah, it's a brilliant film. I had never saw that movie before. Were you watching right. it too? Yes. I would have called you if I'd known anyone else was watching that. That movie yeah. is so dark and so cynical. He, the, um, what's his name? Uh, Kurt Douglas is a newspaper yeah. guy, right? Right. Don't go to the thing. Just pay attention here. You don't have to read it, as I'm telling you. I need somebody to play off of. And a guy <laughs> is in a cave in the mountain, right? And he starts to write the story up on it, and the story gets hot. So instead of rescuing him, they keep the guy buried alive for as long as they possibly can and making it bigger and bigger and bigger. And it definitely reminds you of the kind of shit that we do in this country now. Um, right. But I had no idea we were that dark and awful 60 years ago. Yeah, it's a film that nobody, I mean, it was way ahead of its time. Clearly, it was not a success because it was just so dark. It was and, hated but, when it came out, right? Right. It was cynical, it's, but it's, it is a brilliant film. Uh, Kurt Douglas has, has quite an interesting career in that he really did try and spearhead some pretty amazing things. Uh, throughout his career, and uh, this was definitely one of the highlights. This fucking girl is like flirting with Kirk Douglas, right? And he fucking turns around and slaps her in her face twice. And you can see the look on her face that A, it was real, <laughs> and B, she had no idea it was coming. It was fucking stunning how fucking terrible he was in this movie was the whole newspaper in on it or just douglas it was maybe it was mainly him but you saw that every paper then came and got part of it and you see people acting like fucking idiots and showing up and it reminded me a lot of what um whatever whatever jennifer is doing with dr drew where they're just hanging around that case and you know playing to the lowest angels that people have yeah. uh, bringing up every detail in a uh, 
and a crime is really dark. So, you, so you think that slap in in that scene was not? She did not know it was coming. I don't think she knew it was going to be a real slap. She okay. was stunned. Yeah. 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 It's it that that was I would say that that character of the woman, uh, you know, is is a good example of something that you don't see that often about somebody. It's like what you're going through right now with your ex, right? No, not not really. But there is a complicated nature to it. I would agree with you there. Yeah, that there is. So, I mean, people are people are complicated, and and I think most movies don't. Let me just tell Chris what's going on with you, okay? Okay. All right. Our own Polo has been made into a cuckold, forced to stand by why his ex-wife is with a younger man. Polo, what's going on, man? Well, I mean, she broke she broke up with me. I mean, well, it's complicated. First of all, we we got we had a big ceremony. We got married. We were together for four years. Then she threw me out. Uh, and there's some issues that she was know, already banging I, that guy when she threw you out. No, I guarantee. No, it. no. Well, no, but I think the problem is is that there is a whole thing going on with her, and there is the potential that you know she's having, and you know, it's my life is so fucked up. She's having multiple partners at the same time right now. No, you're getting no. cucked up. But I am, I am. Well, I am with. I have been with her quite a bit since we broke up, and so there's that going on. And my ex, ex. Melissa has now got all kinds of serious neurological diseases over there, wants to get back with me, and I can't deal with her anymore. But I mean, she cuckled you, know, you for that guy in England, right? Yeah. Remember that. Right, exactly. So it's a very, it's a very stressful strain on my life. I, I don't know why you hold on so tight, though. I don't know why you just don't uh, let go and uh, see what happens when you do. Because I have been through, I give 120 percent and and i can't do it anymore so i know i have nowhere to go at this point i just can't start over again do what i do in any relationship or friendship i give five percent now here's the interesting thing around christmas i'll give seven or eight percent and everybody thinks it's unbelievable and then i really have that other 92 percent to 95 percent to myself every day well I'm working very hard to make a success out of my life with these things that I'm doing and with this trip. And so I think they're going to work, and I think you're going to become a multimillionaire. I, I mean, they're real. These are real things that are happening. And but you know, there's a good chance, obviously, that I uh, I will never succeed, and and I can't go on much longer one way or the other. It's kind of. Either be, I either got to become a big success or I just got to give up. And that's gonna, that's what it's boiling down to at this point. Um, I'd like to have conversations with Fez and get him to be the old Fez at 100%. And I think the only way I'm going to do that is if I go up there and, and push him for at least a few days. So he has some sort and of. And he will not give you the AOK on that, huh? No, but it was a good conversation. He was very supportive of me, but he, I think he's pr- protecting himself from from anybody breaking his cocoon. Then you got to let go of it, Polo. We all do. Mm. Well, we know where maybe. he was at his best, and we've all told him that. A lot, multiple times. That was a magical week. Right. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm Can you imagine to he up. got to speak at a, at a gay function? 
to a bunch of gays. And then we're like, look what Paul did for you. And he's like, Paul, he had nothing to do with it. It was everything. That was Paul making that speech. Well, I'm trying to close on my house this week. I will be available and free. If that closes, I will have no impediments uh, anymore. But it's it, it. you're right. It's up to him. I can't. If he doesn't, I, I still am the one reaching out to him. And. And Maybe what I should re- do is get you and Rob Cross together, because Rob worries about him, too. Yeah. I mean, we right. can make that happen. And maybe your friend from high society, the guy <laughs> oh, that you Chris. grew up with. Yeah. His name is Chris, and he yeah. talks just like you. I don't see that, but I guess people... Do you got any high society clips where you guys are just talking to each other? I don't think I have any ice. Because you're putting all your love into this show and into the... Uh, Dave Max Sports Program. That's the name of it? Dave Max Sports Program, yes. Hmm. On Wednesdays and Saturdays. Why did I think it was called Oldie and Friends <laughs> after his puppet? <laughs> no puppets on the Dave Max Sports Program. I remember you told me you had him booked last week and they never came in. So he's got a lot going before. on right now. I'm only booked. No, that was last week. Uh, but he's oh, got yeah. a lot of shit going down. Yeah. Let him, let him rock on. We, we're supportive. That's the kind of friends you and I are. Mm-hmm. We're supportive friends. Love the Davy Mac. And you know what? Fez is a supportive friend, too. That man will kill yeah. f- for friendship. You bring up one of our friends, and we'll say something very supportive about it. Any of them. Any friend at all, we will say something supportive. Franklin? He put on that great illegal movie house <laughs> where he was selling a bunch of drugs out of. Um... Joe, you're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, you guys, excuse me. Hey, you guys are talking like uh, Fez is, is not in studio or he's sick again. Uh, is he even there? You guys are talking like he's not there. He is here, but since he's been, since his last sickness, he said he wanted to come back and just do planned things that he had pre written. And as you know, Chris and I are very supportive. Oh, so and we'll so we'll see how that'll work. Um, but you know, we were talking about the. Remember when Fez said that it wasn't Paulo who got him up to make that speech? He, blah blah blah. That mm-hmm. he dragged Paul along. How many times do you want to bet that he's given a speech to gay people since then? I'm gonna throw a number out. Zero. Zero times. Do you think he even knew yesterday was the AIDS walk? Um, because of that, that shooting that went down? No. I mean, that, I'm sure the shooting was the only thing that mattered to him yesterday. Because just I know Fez. It'll, if something like that happens, he's going to obsess over it. Right, but this is one of those things that those people plan and raise money. And, you know, we'd always talk about, oh, what if Sirius gets a walk? You know, get a group together with those people. Would you would have walked to Fez would ask you? Yeah, I would have walked. I wouldn't. I would have did one of those things where I will give you a dollar a mile. That was a Sunday? I always say this. I will give you a dollar a mile, but up to five miles. So you're just going to throw him a fiver? I'll give you a fiver not to come back. Or bring it up anymore. I don't like hearing about diseases. It weirds me out. Makes it feel like I have it. Do you have like a nervous thing where you're just constantly fucking with the computer? Yeah. 
How come? I don't know, it's like a tick almost. Where I'm just, I'll, this is what I'll do. I will highlight a bunch of stuff and then de-highlight it. I want I, I want the highlight, the highlighting of the text and pictures to be like um, even, not like all willy nilly and weird. It's very strange. I forget that you guys could see the computer screen as I'm doing this. Yeah, but we can also hear the constant. Yeah. That's the thing that people bitch about with our show all the time. Get my hands off that. You don't have to. I mean, we've taken so much away from you already. Please, I don't like having with, things taken away. With the profanity. I think I'm doing a good job. Not too many slip-ups over the course of a month. Yeah, but have you said anything that's funny? That's what I miss. Yeah, I've thrown you a few were, things out there. Name one. I'll, I'll love to apologize to you. You know me. I'm a supportive friend. Very. Hey, Pips. Listen. I hope everything's going on good with your health and your girlfriend's health. Thank you, Ron. Hey, yeah, my support. Thanks. Tell also, if you're good, tell Rob Cross. Uh, I wish him all the best finding some new hits to play over on XMU. Or even going back into the back catalog. Yeah. Have like a retro weekend. Old hits today. This, this used to be called College Rock. Hey, our buddy Ezra wants to talk to Polo. Hey, buddies. I, I, I guess I miss Polo, but I, he has such a, a ridiculously common threat, uh, a story that rom-coms have. Like, all those rom-coms is exactly his life. He needs to stop all that mystery nonsense and just make an actual movie of his life. Why won't you make a rom-com, Polo? Alright, here's the thing. I have a lot of things that I want to work on. Um, one of the things I'm going to do is film a trip to New York and try and confront Fez and film him in an encounter session. Right, can I just tell you something? That's a home movie. It's not a real movie. Second of all, we want you to make a rom-com and it would be perfect about your life, and it's just called The Stupid Cuckle. And it's about you constantly having to watch your chicks bone other dudes. Exactly. I, write what you know. Write what you know. Peace. Okay. I, I will actually uh, advise to heart, and I will very seriously consider writing that. The Stupid Cuckle? Yes, The Stupid Cuckle. Or the Cuckle. Yes, cuckle. Exactly. Now, the thing is, a lot of fucking... We the guys are gonna love that film, right? And it has nothing. The strange thing about it is the sex. I'm always fucking. I'm always doing great job in as a coxman. It's it's everything else about me that's fucked up. If you could just leave your penis in them, they'd be happy. Exactly. It's that. That's in other words. I'm still usually fucking them through this whole thing. It's just that my life, uh, aside from that, Hello, is, how is are you orally though? I'm. I I had I think there was a uh, period when I was selfish and and, about, and, uh, and not giving oral and not giving enough oral yeah so now I've really committed to that as but as Paulo the, uh, ass oral as well I I I used to you know play around with the taint and and go but over, no further yeah, than I, that I did I did go over but I mean it's not like I've committed to it. You know, like sticking the tongue deep in or anything like that. But nonetheless, I did commit. Uh, I did do it. All right. So that could be one of the early scenes in the stupid cuckold, the new film, written, directed, produced, 
and choreographed by Paul O. I, I'm taking this seriously now. I have a list of 60 projects, and I will now actually take this, because I think it is a good idea. I could really, you move I that actually, up higher? I could move it up very high. Put yeah. it in the top three. But I have to, now I have to decide who is the actor who I'm going to, I mean, I, you know, I'm going to write for my experience, but now I, I have to think of the actor who would be perfect for it. Here's what I want you to do. I don't care who you book to be uh, Paul O, but I want you in a wig as the chick. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, I want you to watch me while I bang this guy. You know, I I think it's possible for me to be, to be a cameo, but I mean, I want this to be a serious Hollywood project, so I have to think of it. It's actor. a rom com. You got to go silly a little bit. <laughs> okay, fine, no problem. And um, look, I've got I've scheduled a time for the trip to L.A. in the middle of June. I want to go to New York before that and do the best I can to confront Fez with his issues, and maybe go sooner if necessary. I think this is, you know, I'm going to try and do everything and anything I can to do good. All right, I got to go talk to Deepak Chopra. I'd like to just talk. I'm going to go from the depths of evolution yes. to as high up as you can possibly get. Warm, warm liquids is my advice. <laughs> Why not a nice cold beverage? So you can't. We should just be idea. all just sucking on ice as he comes in. <laughs> what do you think of this, Deepak, huh? Ah, snow cone. Delicious. It's not good for you, Ron. It's not. It's well, he's written a book called Brotherhood, Dharma, Destiny, and the American Dream. Uh, it comes out in stores and online tomorrow, May 21st. Um, and it should be another great seller. Now, he's done this with his brother, Sanjeev. They came over together yeah. uh, to this country. From India, or Indiana, one or the other. I don't know. Indi I know. Huh? It's India. Where did the Pacers play? Indiana. I think that's where they came in from then. Oh, I didn't read the book, so I, you're probably right. I think they said they grew up watching the Pacers. Uh, Deepak and Sanjeev Chopra. Uh, Sanjeev. Uh, it's Brotherhood. Dharma. Destiny. And the American dream, let's all prepare to have our mind blown, Deepak and Sanjeev Chopra. Deepak and Sanjeev Chopra are in studio with us. Brotherhood is the new book, Dharma, Destiny, and the American Dream. Welcome, guys. It's good to see you. Is this the first time you guys wrote uh, together? It is the first time, yeah. Yeah. 
Um, was that difficult or easy? It was actually very easy. We never saw each other's chapters till the book was entirely done. So Deepak wrote 12 chapters. I wrote 12. His tend to be longer. Mm -hmm. And uh, uh, it seemed to dovetail very nicely. Now, do, do you guys, the memories line up together? The Not the actual specific details. Sometimes yeah. we're recounting a story. Both of us have it in a different chapter. And the actual details are different. But the thrust of it, the gist of the story is perfectly intact. But that's our recollection. But I love the fact that no one in the family ever remembers anything the exact same way. Actually, they say no one ever remembers anything the way anybody else remembers. That's why they have problems in courts with eyewitnesses. Because uh -huh. nobody can actually give the same details. But the weird thing is, is that we are this collection of our memories. That's all we are. Yeah, so you sit back and you remember things that happened to you when you were a kid and you hold on to them and then you bring it up later and everyone else in your family is like, what? You're making a big deal out of that. That wasn't so bad. <laughs> and it happens all the time. I remember one time I held a really long grudge against my brother. And finally I brought it up after a long, after we were both adults. Yeah, he didn't and, even remember it. Well, it, obviously, since he's the older brother, it didn't matter as much. But it wasn't until he finally said to me, dude, I was just a kid, too, <laughs> that I finally went, oh, yeah, of course. <laughs> and I'm still holding yeah. it to him as if, yeah. you know, like this happened yesterday, mm -hmm. but that was very freeing uh, for me. But you guys, of course, coming over from India, a big part of this is about the immigrant experience and becoming American. And Sanjeev, you talk about this at a certain point, you just felt like an American. Absolutely. When did that happen for you? It probably happened after I'd been here for about five, six, seven years, mm -hmm. where I, I was an avid cricketer. I was best cricketer in medical school. I had trophies galore, and uh, I stopped watching cricket. I stopped reading about it, and I became a baseball fan. And uh, that's when I realized, hmm, I'm American. And that's a slow changeover. Yeah, it just eventually slowly. happens. Yeah happened just very gradually without uh, thinking about it. We are a country of immigrants, and yet we tend to forget that uh, and think about it as uh, immigrants and Americans or immigrants and natural people, but go back long enough with all of us and we're all from somewhere. Um, why do you think that it seems like we don't cherish that as much as we used to? I think it's the need for security that people get uh, when they are with what is familiar to them and they do forget uh, a couple of generations ago their parents or their grandparents uh, were immigrants but they don't take that they take that for granted and you, they, they just don't want their mindset to be changed it happens everywhere but you have to realize that there's no other country I mean other than Australia right now mm -hmm. where you have this kind of immigration and there's no other country that has this kind of innovation and creativity whether it's in Silicon Valley whether it's in the entertainment world whether it's in academia this is the strength of the United States of America we have a president whose father was an immigrant mm -hmm. you know so this was inconceivable when we came when I came to Boston we were having a busing 
desegregation, and it was a huge deal. Yeah. Okay. In in the 1970s, that was a huge deal. There were riots. Yeah. In Boston, which is so progressive, democratic, Dukakis was running for right. president, <laughs> and uh, you know we've come a long way. So yeah. despite all the, you know, you go two steps forward, you come one step backward, but on the whole. We are progressing. Well, but I do think it's important for all of us to hold on to where we're from. I mean, there are so many great parties and parades in New York City as people celebrate where they came from. So rather than act like, oh, we're all here, so we're all just American, I think it's great to hold on to some of the stuff in our path past. And when you think about different industries that you brought up, in this country, what we built came a lot of times from immigrants. Hollywood mm-hmm. is because of Polish and Russian Jews. Mm-hmm. Uh, NASA is basically German scientists mm-hmm. that we moved over here. So there's so many things, but I don't. I think that we're so quick to go, hey, we're all American. I think it, it hurts that we don't... F- that we don't remember how different our backgrounds are yeah, as well. I, yeah, I think the one of the challenges here is that the media, often the print media on, or TV, they like sound bites. Mm-hmm. So you're not listening to the whole story and seeing the big picture and, and what immigrants have brought to this country. I think they have culturally, economically, spiritually enriched America. Uh, I have three kids and our middle daughter, who's now married, and I have two grandkids, when she was six years of age, one day came from school. She said, Dad, I got to talk to you. I said, what's the matter, Kanika? Everything okay? She said, no, I have a very important question to ask. Are we Christian or are we Jewish? <laughs> so this was in school. Everybody, all the kids were talking about Hanukkah and Christmas and yeah. gifts. And I realized that we would celebrate the one Hindi f- uh, festival, Hindu festival called Diwali, which is the festival of lights and symbolizes the triumph of good over evil on the weekend, not during the week. And the other kids were missing a weekday in school. Mm -hmm. So I made it a policy that the kids would not go to school. We'd take them out for lunch, we'd buy them gifts, and then they would go to school the next day and their friends would say, Kanika, Bharat, Priya, what happened? Where were you yesterday? We were celebrating Diwali, and then Mm -hmm. they would tell the story. Just to bring that more stuff, that uniqueness in. Uh, When you guys came over, uh, together, was your experience in America similar, or did you find it was somewhat we came different? within two years of each other, so yeah. it was pretty similar. Pretty similar? Pretty similar. And yeah. both of you, of course, uh, excelled at your field. But when we talk about immigration, I think one of the stuff that happens is when people come over without the education, and without those are the people, I think, that have it the roughest so how do we handle some of that they have it the roughest run but do realize it's it's like anything it's a give and take the america takes in immigrants because it needs them whether it's for labor Mm -hmm. whether it's for um, silicon valley or technology whether it's for academia uh, america takes immigrants because it needs them and the immigrants come because they're looking to create a better life. So it's a two-way street. And uh, if today all the immigrants from Mexico were sent back in Southern California, uh, you'd have a paralysis. Sure. You know, you'd have no economy. So You would say the same thing of New York City, oh, by New the York way. City, yeah. I don't care if it's a Chinese, Italian mm-hmm. restaurant, walk into the kitchen mm-hmm. 
And there are Mexicans and South Americans, also the people who deliver food. And they work hard. Very, very hard. Okay, I'm, I remember once when I was in Boston, a medical student going through the Joslin Clinic, and he was Chinese, and his mother was a waitress in a Chinese restaurant, and she worked night and day so she could send him to school. And this kid graduated from medical school and went on to be, become an intern mm -hmm. at Harvard Medical School. So immigrants work hard. They have to prove themselves. They don't take um, anything for granted. They don't have a sense of entitlement, which comes, you know, with complacency. So I think this is the strength of America. And yet, for people who've been here for a couple of generations, we have that thing of, the, sometimes as a family go along and they're raised with money, it can be very, very difficult for that family. First generation has worked for it. The second generation kind of works up to their dads and tries to get there. And then the third generation parties. Yeah. And, <laughs> yeah. and you can see that in the yeah. famous Rockefeller families yeah. or Kennedys, yeah. that you get to a certain place. And how do you you know, have hunger if there's been success? In the family, that's you, you. You give way to what's that poem of Tennyson? The old order changeth, yielding place to new, mm -hmm. and God fulfills Himself in many ways, lest, lest one, one good custom, custom should corrupt, corrupt the, the world. world. Right. <laughs> we yeah. learned the book. Yeah, we learned it two years apart in St. Columbus <laughs> High School, taught by Irish Christian brothers. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, that's the kind of schooling that you had when you yeah. came. Yeah, we we um, our father was in the Indian uh, army and in the medical corps. So every three years he was posted, mm -hmm. and the best schools in the big cities in India were all missionary Irish Christian brothers. So Deepak and I went to Saint Edmunds, Saint Aloysius, Saint Columbus High School. I was taught Hindi by an Irish Christian brother with an Irish accent. Is that right? Yeah. That's an amazing story. <laughs> spoke in the yeah, so it yeah. um, For both you guys, you both have paid attention and worked in the same kind of fields, not always together, but always the mind-body connection. You, you feel just as strongly about that, Sanjeev? I was a skeptic. When yeah. Deepak first learned uh, meditation. He had learned transcendental meditation about 30 years ago, and his wife learned. And he came to our home, and he said, you know, I've been doing it for several weeks. It's changed my life. You should look into it. And my wife, who's very spiritual, also a physician, a pediatrician, went the next week. And I was a skeptic. It's good for you, Deepak. I'm glad it's working for you. <laughs> I don't need it. Yeah. And then I saw dramatic changes in him and my wife and just so much more peaceful, more creative, so happy. Uh, so I learned meditation about a month after my wife learned. But now, now I have a saying that I share with students and colleagues. I say, you should meditate once a day. And if you don't have time to do that, you should meditate twice a day. <laughs> twice a day. But the, the initial thing that kept you away from it was your scientific mind. My that? scientific mind and, and my concept of people doing meditation were people in saffron robes, mm -hmm. walking with begging bowls, and uh, some of them were charlatans, and I didn't want to have anything to do with it. But, you know, some of what happens in meditation is believing that the material world is not as important and we shouldn't be chasing the dollar, and yet you both have become... Uh, well off, you know, you both have attracted money to yourself. So how, how does that work out for you? 
That's a Judeo-Christian guilt ethic. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, I say, should I be making money through pornography or weapons? I mean, which is so permissible in this country. You know, the number in Hollywood, which sells cheap stuff to the world. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I like to think that uh, if by spirituality we mean self-awareness, that's basically what it is. It's not some kind of holier-than-thou morality, which A.G. Wells once said, morality is just jealousy with a halo. <laughs> but um, if we can teach people to take care of themselves, to be self-aware, to have access to their intuition, their creativity, their imagination, their well-being, what's wrong with being successful about it? America is one country where you should never apologize for success. So success can be there, and all you're really looking for is more peace to yourself and the more peaceful you treat well, There's other a people. hierarchy. You know, mm-hmm. the people want success, but if they have enough of it, they say, I want love and I want to belong. If they have enough of it, they say, I want true self-esteem. If they have enough of it, they want creative expression. Sure. So we're, we're never satisfied. As Abraham Maslow said, there's a hierarchy, and you move from one to the other, and that's what life is all about. And that I, chase I, is yeah. part of it. I, I think the eternal quest for every human being is to seek happiness. And Albert Schweitzer, who was a physician, a theologian, a musician, Nobel laureate, 1952, he got the Nobel Peace Prize, a very humble man. And he, he uh, when he got it, he said, now I have to go earn it. And he once said, uh, success is not the key to happiness. Happiness is the key to success. And I think by being anchored, by meditating, by always reflecting on your core values with new friends, with your family, uh, one can become happy very quickly. And very, very quickly, you believe. Absolutely. Now, is this, um, you know, I wanted to bring up another thing that, you, that I find so interesting, and it's in the book, uh, Brotherhood, uh, where you're saying that the brain does not create the mind, or the mind is not of the brain, it happens separately. And it's always interesting to me because I meet so many talented musicians here, so many of the, the greatest songwriters of all time who aren't specifically sure how to write those songs or where the song's in. And they all use so many different examples to just almost say the song showed up yeah. uh, one day. Some of but the greatest this songs. Is, this is one of the open questions in science. Mm-hmm. The number one open question in science is what's the stuff of the universe? What's it really made up of? Only 5% of the universe is atomic in matter, which means this. Right. Okay. And even the atomic part of it is actually when you get down to subatomic particles it's made out of nothing so if you ask a good scientist what's the universe made up of what's the stuff they say don't know the second is what's the origin of consciousness Um, and most scientists in the last 300 years would have said it's you know your thoughts are produced by a brain Um, the intention imagination creativity insight is all a dance of molecules you say how the answer is we don't know if it is. So now many people are questioning that uh, consciousness is a product of the brain. Like, you know, anybody would say that bile is a product of the gallbladder. Mm-hmm. But is consciousness a product of the brain? Uh, second open question. You can go look it up in Science 2008. 
don't know. Don't know. We know there are correlates. So if I ask you to imagine a red sunset right now, there'll be an electrical impulse in your brain, but you're not experiencing an electrical impulse. You're experiencing a sunset. This is a question that remains unanswered. There's lots of physics, lots of mathematics these days, lots of what is called quantum biology that is suggesting that the mind sculpts the brain. And that is called neuroplasticity. That's where your musicians have a different brain. Uh, uh, People who download songs, they have different neural networks. Uh, People who uh, walk tightropes in circuses have different circuits. So... Yes, I just wrote a book with a Harvard uh, neuroscientist. The thesis of the book is you're not your brain. And next time when we come here, we'll talk about why you're not your genes either. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, the fascinating field of neuroplasticity, mirror neurons, and there's also neurobiology of leadership. And to me, one of the most um, fascinating syndromes in, in medicine is when somebody's had an amputation. And they're still experiencing pain in that limb that is missing, phantom limb syndrome. Now you can take a patient like this and have them sit in a studio like this, and they can see another individual sitting, and he or she is massaging their right leg. And this person who is missing the right leg and having suffering from phantom limb syndrome gets relief. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. Because the same neurons that are firing in that other individual are now firing in him, and he thinks that limb that is missing is being massaged, and he's getting relief. See, Ron, this is basically, this is one experiment that shows that your mind transcends a single brain, okay, that it transcends a single brain, that the mind is an embodied and relational process. Now, you know, because we have social networks, I can send somebody an abusive tweet in mm-hmm. South Africa and their blood pressure will go up or their right. adrenaline will right. go up. So where is this thing that we call the mind? Right. Okay, if it can travel through social networks, through these walls, and more and more people are suggesting that the mind is both embodied and relational and maybe non-local, which means outside of space and time. So so what you're saying is that sometimes I can send those vibes even back and forth. I'm angry, and maybe somebody else will pick up on it. Here's an experiment that we did. Mm-hmm. I don't think I've told even Sanjeev about this. We took people who uh, meditate together, mm. and they go into deep meditation. We introduce the intention that they'll stay connected. We separate them, Okay, put them in Faraday chambers. Faraday chamber means... Your, your cell phone won't work because there's no electromagnetic radiation that can go in and out. We do something called an evoked potential. We take a flashlight and shine it in one person's eyes. Both brains light up at the same time. Now, we've, this study has been published. We are still looking for application, so I have to be very careful what I say. But there are more and more studies being done in this field that suggest, yes, your thoughts influence people that are not near you. And this is the basis of, you know, in wisdom tradition, say, a lot of people meditate together. They produce high levels of dopamine and serotonin. You go and examine the urine of people who are in the city, their 5-hydroxy-tryptamine level goes up, even though they have no idea that there was doing this. This is a completely new paradigm. And, you know, Mm -hmm. when I 
post this kind of stuff in blogs, etc., people half the people said, "What are you smoking?" Right. Okay, but um, we have. But to it's, look it's at not it. only true of meditation; it's also true for prayer. Yeah. So prayer, there's something called intercessory prayer. There can be people uh, sitting in a church in Boston praying for infertile couples in South Korea, and randomized, and the half they pray for. There's pregnancy and greater fertility and completion of pregnancy compared to the ones that you don't pray for. In and cases of anovulation, yeah. In cases of anovulation. Now, you can't really do a lot of clinical studies because let's say somebody is in cardiogenic shock from a massive heart attack and you say, okay, we'll pray for half of them and not mm -hmm. the other half. The yeah. other half are being preyed upon by their family, by the nurses. So everyone's being preyed upon. So the best studies are actually in animals. And you can take animals and produce carcinogenesis or inflict wounds and look at growth of the cancer or wound healing. And the animals that are preyed upon do far, far, far better. See, I think when some people think, you know, preyed upon, that they think there's going to be an outside God entity that comes it's in. Intention. But you're That's saying, all it is. Yeah. But you're intention saying, is energy and information. And yeah. Uh, and I, I I don't know about it in the in the positive, uh, but I will say that in the negative, I've gone into parties or bars where I think we got to get out of here. Yeah. I can feel the you know vibrations. negativity and or mobs, you know, yeah, mobs sporting reaches, events, yeah, yeah. reach a certain level threshold of restlessness, then the mob goes crazy. Yeah. Uh, fascinating stuff, and the fact is, we're all still all far away from this. But even that gives you joy that. This is something to chase. This is it's something to chase. It's yeah. an adventure. And, you know, when we stop wondering uh, because of these self-appointed vigilantes for the suppression of curiosity, then we <laughs> lose our soul. Yeah. So you want to be open to all kinds of curiosity, no matter what. Well, it is. There's, a, there's a wonderful saying, the mind is like a parachute. It only works when it's open. <laughs> uh, brotherhood uh, comes out tomorrow. Dharma, Destiny, and the American Dream. Thank you so much Thank for being you, in Ron. here, Thanks guys. Very, very interesting stuff. Thank you. I'll Thank you very much, Ron. I'll see you next time coming through. That was Deepak and Sanji Chopra. I, you know, when it comes to um, spiritual people and all that, I'm always on the the lookout for the carny. But those are like the two sweetest guys that you will ever meet. I mean, Deepak always has that thing when, like, when Deepak is around, everybody feels uh, relaxed. But I think Sanji has even more of a comfort and and sweetness about him i feel like my brain just got a train run on it it's it's blown what these oh, guys really? are talking about just shattered like shattering reality of the stuff they're talking about well 
I don't know whether why you would call it shattering reality because I don't think we've ever really locked into what reality is. And when people have uh, a, a crisis, you know, like a midlife crisis, or for your generation now, the quarter-life crisis that Pips will be running into. Oh, yeah. But it's because they find out that their reality was never a total reality to begin with, that their reality was also um, uh, somewhat false. By the way, did you see him start to read that thing that was up there? I didn't, know. Really threw him off. We got to watch for stuff like that. Um, so, I mean, I... Um, I really do get a kick of... I, I would sit around and talk about shit like that all the time. That's the only kind of time I'm really happy is seeing how weird it can get. <laughs> you know what I mean? Now, what I love about these guys is that they're very learned. They're not like me and you who just <laughs> sit around, toke up, and start to talk that way. But they basically do talk. You, you've never done any meditation, right? No, never did it. I've only done very little in my life um the first time i ever did it it was remarkable um only because i was taught it by a very famous uh american poet oh that's awesome at a weird situation you know who it was no i went to this it was supposed to be like a book reading in the middle of the afternoon only like 12 or 14 of us there and he ends up st what's the hurry why we're on the air with this uh, the thing that he ended up saying is hey you guys meditate and we're all like no I'm just like a kid at the time he goes we should do it it was Allen Ginsberg what yeah that's a true story that's isn't that weird that's like some life that's well you were just sitting here with Deepak Chopra a second ago you think that you're not going to say to people like 30 years from now, oh yeah, Deepak Chopra used to come in and they're not going to be weirded out by it? Believe me, a lot of the people that come through here, you'll be telling these stories the rest of your life. Drew in Louisiana, you're on the Run of Fest show. Yeah, it's, just, it's so surreal to hear you, uh, the pragmatist and you know the lover of all art, talking to these guys who are so ethereal. It's, it's just bizarre. I, I really can't believe that you think that I'm pragmatic. I think I'm very open to whatever goes oh, down. Oh, no, you're certainly open, Ronnie. I mean, look, that's. I guess I said that wrong, but there are days when some sometimes you're, you know, this or that. But with, with a guy like Deepak and those guys, it's just amazing to hear your interviews. I mean, well, I, I no, mean for me, I think it would be pretty weird to have those two guys come in and not let them just say what's on their mind. I mean, I totally don't know if or how it could be possible that you could get, you know, a thousand people to pray for one person and suddenly that would be, you know, more uh, valuable to them. I do know that I've heard this from doctors before, that if the patient believes 
he will beat it or he will recover, it's much better than a patient who doesn't think he's going to recover. You know what I mean? So the kind of patient who goes, all right, I've been told something. Um, I'm going to pray to God, and that's going to help me, and I'm going to have my church help me. He's in a stronger position than a person who just thinks, I got this awful thing. The odds are against me. I'm not going to make it. But I do think that some people are more of fighters than other people to begin with. Now, do I think that people could all think positive thoughts and something, you know, would change somewhere else? I don't know if I've got, if I, I don't know if I've ever seen that take place. I do believe that a bad vibe can come in, or if you've been to a party before, where suddenly it turns great and it's like one of the greatest parties you've ever been to, it really has to do with the way the people are acting. So if everyone acts like this is fucking great, it becomes great. And I've been to concerts that I would say feel like they've entered another realm where everybody is just like beyond where you should normally go in a concert. So for me, it's driven a lot by... Uh, music or celebration, whatever it happens to be. I've also seen it leave the room. You know what I mean? I've also been in places where it felt like this is the greatest show and up, it's gone. Don't know how that happened. Um, But I do, you know, this goes back to what we were just talking about not too long ago with Alan Alda, who comes from it from more of a Western scientific uh, point of view. I would love to have Alda in here with him. Uh, or, you know, you take a Neil deGrasse Tyson, who doesn't necessarily add any spirituality to their stuff. They still are awed by the universe. Just blown away by the stuff that we find out all the time. Um, I do think having a good attitude towards thing is going to be better off than a bad one. That's why that, that book, The Secret, uh, blew up I mean, a, few, a few years ago at this point, where just, you know, thinking positive, just in your everyday life, not even if you're sick or anything, can lead to good things happening to you. Just not being negative. Um... Yeah, but wasn't that just about getting good stuff? Yeah, that was literally just about, like, if I think I'm going to be rich and successful, I'm going to be rich and successful. Or I'm going to sit around and think about a new car, and then I'll get one. Uh, But sometimes that's just goal setting, isn't it? Uh, Will, you're on the Run and Fed show. Hi, is this uh, I'm Alan? Yeah. Hi, uh, I was wondering if you had uh, heard of the uh, rice experiment before. Why don't you lay it on me, dude? Sure. Um, it's uh, basically the basic premise is they took two sets of containers of rice. I think it was a Japanese experiment. And uh, what they did is rice. they said, <laughs> they, said uh, they said, fuck you, rice, to one of the thing and belittled it and yelled at it over the course of a month. And they got rotten really quick. And this other set of rice, this other container, they, uh, they said, I love you, rice. And they, they, they pulled these pos- positive vibes into it, and it stayed fresh for a month. I was wondering if you were familiar with that. Everything. No, but I have heard about that with um, plants. If you talk to them. Yeah, but then I heard from someone else that plants don't pick up vibrations at all. 
I know I'm going to, for the millionth time in my life, I've said, I really do want to keep some plants at the house and take care of them because it's so I'm it just it's not a natural thing to me um, my parents I was talking to them last night and they have this garden in their backyard they turn almost their entire yard into a garden and I really do think it's kept them in a very long life you know what sharp. I mean like they're they're very sharp and they're you know thinking about moving on to this is supposed to happen. That's supposed to happen. But also, I think the thing about having that garden is, like, they see the success before their eyes. And they see, like, uh-oh, we got this, so we have to combat it. You know what I mean? And it's, I think it's really a good way, believe it or not, um, when you uh, are involved with just your natural surroundings, nature around you. Dave, Rhode Island, you're on the Run of Fez show. Yo, Ron, what's up, man? Hey, uh, to these guys that are really into spirituality, like um, the two guys we just had on, do they do they think about positive things when they meditate, or is it just? That was my question. Is it is it about just like purely thinking nothing? Because when I've I've tried to meditate before and it freaks me out, I get very uneasy. Whether it's because I was raised Christian, I don't know why that would do it, but I get. I get, like, freaked out if I ever try and meditate. So I don't know if those guys, do they think positive so, things? No, I don't think anything? that they do, but do you ever try to go through the freaked out part of it? Yeah, but I can't, I can't really, uh, I have not been able to. Mostly what I do is I'll do, like, physical things like yoga and stuff like that, but to be alone with me, just me and me, uh, I just, I haven't been able to push through it. One of the things is I'll try, but it is, uh, it just gets just weird for me maybe we'll book somebody who does meditation someday because i i i don't really i'm not uh an expert on it at all although i've met a lot of successful people who meditate every single day um some of them may surprise you some of them in radio have gotten very very famous in radio mm. and have done it every day for years and uh they don't have the reputation of being um you know like a peace freak or anything <laughs> like that um here's uh david san fran you're on run fez going on buddy b yeah. hey i have two boys and uh they got to go to school in the morning obviously but i my father asked if he could take them in the morning and he that's his thing for the day he takes them to school every morning and he looks so forward to it he has his coffee he has a routine because when people get old and they don't have something to care about, that's when they fall off. So he looks so forward to taking them to school. And that's his, that's his thing. That's his thing. You know, I think also when people get older, just to be around kids, it's like really great for them. You know, it's just like really, like you don't want to be the old lady who's screaming that the kids are cutting through your lawn. Um. Here's our buddy Gunner in Connecticut. Hey, buddy, haven't heard from you in a while. Yeah, how you been? Good. Um, good, yeah. Um, after the events that happened in December, um, someone offered for our town uh, to teach us how to do transcendental meditation. And uh, uh, my wife and I took advantage of it. And uh, I'm telling you, it's, it's incredible. It's really changed my life for the better. Um, just the amount of positive thoughts and the, uh, the amount of less stress that I have in my life. It's pretty amazing, and 
is all about connecting to this energy that pretty much un- you connects everybody and everything in the world is the unified field. Um, it's it's really wild. It's is there anything you guys are curious about that I can answer? Or you know, because well, do you, do you have to get that one mantra to say over and over? Yeah, basically, you need to be taught by someone um, how to do it, and they'll give you your own personal mantra, and that's something that's personal. No, let's change everybody. this, Gunner. They sell you that for like twenty five hundred. Well, yeah, there is a fee involved, but it's it's an investment. Is the way I look at it. Um, once you learn it once, you can do it for the rest of your life. I think I'll just give my own mantra. That I'll come up with my own thing. Chris Stanley sucks. Chris Stanley uh, sucks. Chris Stanley sucks. It's putting Stanley. out negative energy. Why are you saying that? If you're saying I suck. What do you mean you suck? It's Chris Stanley sucks. Yeah, Chris Stanley. I didn't even think of it that way. You're that's, right. That's my name. Well, that is my mantra. Chris Stanley sucks. Oh. You just have to think but, of it that way. But I remember hearing your interview with David Lynch a few yeah. years back. And that, that was really one of the turning points of saying, yeah, I'm going to go try this. The unified field, which is yeah. all around us. Hey, uh, I was walking past Bloomingdale's the other day, and they have these plates that artists have painted on or whatever, and one of them is David Lynch. Nice. And you see, like, these really bright, happy plates, and then his scary, depressing, <laughs> frightening plates. Some freak show. You're like, yeah, if I ate a fucking turkey leg off this thing, I'd probably end up killing myself. <laughs> well, Gunner, how are people in Newtown doing? Are they doing any better, buddy? Yeah, it's, you know, it's it's funny. It, well, it's not funny. It, it's weird because a lot of different people are still at a lot of different places in the healing process. Um, I felt that this, you know, TM has really helped my, my family and, and my wife and I. Uh, but there are other people that are still struggling, and, you know, everyone's at a different point. But over all in all, um, we feel a lot tighter-knit community, even as tight as we used to be. You know, we're even tighter now, and it's kind of brought us all together. But uh, overall, I think we're doing okay. You know, we're going to get through it, and, you know, we're getting stronger every day. All right, buddy. It's good to hear from you, man. Stay in touch with us. I definitely will. Say, my friend. Right. There he is in the TM, whole new person. Remember when we talked to him in December? He was just crushed and freaked out. Yeah. Would you want to get into TM? I don't know. It's, how long does it have to go on for? Um, but let, like let's do this. Before you do TM, yeah, yeah. I want you to do TMZ, where you just watch that show every night and then say your mantra. Chris Stanley sucks. Chris Stanley sucks. Chris Stanley sucks. I'm not going to say that I suck over and over again. It's not you suck. That's only just one word. You're breaking it down. You shouldn't. It has to be broken down. Chris Stanley sucks. That's not the mantra for me. I'm trying to be positive. Hmm. You want to try the other one? Okay, what's the other one? Pepper blows. That's better. But st- <laughs> Looks like someone likes to blow. <laughs> but still, we take it negatively. And then we got to talk to this guy from Cleveland. He's coming in in a couple of minutes. Nine. That's um, that's happening at a later date. How much later? <laughs> Four weeks. <sighs> Phil, Florida, you're on the Run of Fest show. Well, let me try again. Are you there, Phil? Hello. Yeah. Yeah, the gentleman that was uncomfortable with uh, meditating and getting freaked out by himself. Um, it's, it's not a secret. It's just, you have to be comfortable within yourself to, uh, get some kind of, uh, satisfaction out of it. Um, I'm in a 12 step program, but besides that, 
learning to meditate is just uh, being by yourself, you know, accepting things and doing it um, and being calm. Well, you can become one with nature. We call Native Americans animals, savages. They're very spiritual people. So uh, it all comes down to the individual, I think. All right, buddy. Okay. Thank you. It's all about satisfaction, Chris. Now, I can't get no satisfaction. And I can't get no girl reaction. Here's Ray, North Carolina. You're on the Run Fed Show. TMZ, good one. Yeah, uh, listen, back in the late 70s, uh, I uh, took one of those TM courses, and uh, I'm still to this day using my same mantra. It didn't cost me 2500 bucks. It was only like $100. Yeah. But uh, I guess, uh, didn't John Lennon get a uh, personal sitting with one of the uh, head guru guys? And yeah, the Maharishi. Yeah. Yes, yes, that's right. That's what turned me on to it. And uh, it actually kind of works. It's, uh, no, it just makes you calmer, that's all. And you do it every day? Uh, I can't say every single day, but I do it probably at least six days, guaranteed a week, if not seven. All right, bro. Thanks. All right, man. Thanks. Adam, you're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, Ronnie. Yeah. Hey, um, I just wanted to touch on the Maharishi uh, University in Fairfield, Iowa. I yeah. I think they started that in the 60s. Um, they actually created their own town called Vedic City, and uh, you wouldn't believe the amount of money that runs through that town. Very wealthy, successful people that come from all over the world. Uh, to study at this university, and they've created their own businesses. It's pretty remarkable. They got their own big gold dome that they do their meditation in uh, two or three times a day. Yeah, it's, it's, that's how we met David Lynch. He was promoting that, I think. Yeah, he probably was. I mean, there's been Beach Boys there and all kinds Mike of celebrities Love. for years. Yeah. yeah, Mike Love is the one that went over with the Beatles, and he oh, stayed with right. it too. But the weird thing is, to me, Mike Love always acts like an asshole. And I'm not even, I, I don't want to bust his balls because I don't know him. But every time I see him somewhere on TV, I'm like, he's coming off like a kind of a, a fucking punk here. But he's supposed to be so tied in. Maybe it made him like that. Maybe, I don't think maybe so. It, it affects people differently. I think what made him like that was California. The Californians. Mm. I bet we never see that again. Because all those guys are leaving. Did you watch uh, the other night when they did the last Saturday Night Live? For for those guys, no. I, Fred Armisen. I, I missed their final show. You would love to see the people that came out to play with them. Some of your favorites. Now he was a he was married to Elizabeth Moss. They were an item, yeah, it was a marriage item. Yeah, marriage isn't an item, my friend. Marriage is marriage. <laughs> item is what people say you and Dave are. Really. There's some people here that think that you're gay. Well, those are lies, people. I am straight. I don't think that they're lying about you. They just believe it to be true. Okay. Well, I don't see why they would get, they would get that from. Me and Dave are tight. We're friends. Yeah. And that's We're code words. partners. Yeah. But Codes. not in a sexual way. Mm. Look, we just do a sports show together. And it's killing it, by the way. Some uh, people were talking about it today when I came in. Oh, yeah? What are they saying? Uh, hey, how the gays doing? Do you believe that they hide behind sports? <sighs> we're straight. Dave's married. I'm in a long-term relationship with a woman. Yeah, Dave's two beards. <laughs> they call it the two beards show. Well, I'm going to have to combat these rumors then. You should talk to the people. Who are they? 
It was me and two other dudes. Right, so, so two of them, and two of them didn't even know who you guys were. All right, so you're spreading rumors that Dave and I are gay for each other. Just uh, in conversations. That's all. <sighs> this is bad. Ty Nolan, you're on the Ronnie Fish Show. Hi, Ronnie B. I wanted to, to suggest um, Zen meditation. How's that work? Because of its utter simplicity. You just sit still. The part of you that wants to move, that's your ego. And that your perspective grows from there. Mm. I want to do it, but I don't want to get up early and do it. <laughs> I just think when I'm dreaming, I'm meditating. That's, that's actually another interesting um, meditation while you're sleeping, to realize you're sleeping. Oh, I've done that plenty of times. Lucid dreaming? Yeah, I just start flying in my dreams. That's pretty cool. Hmm. And I'm also a daydream believer. A song? Or the Homecoming Queen. The opening weekend movie club is on the Interrobang. If you saw Star Trek Into Darkness, you want to discuss some spoilers, anything about the film, go to the front page of the Interrobang for opening weekend movie club. He sounds good, though, doesn't he? The voice is there. Yeah. And he's always telling us about something to do on the iBang. I love doing stuff. Hey, Radio Shark has a new character named Stan from Florida. Fuck Transcendental. Just smoke goo and relax. Thank you. Usually he never even says anything when he gets called out. He's, yeah, he's changed. He's he, growing. He knows that he's lost. <laughs> I, I know he's down with that goo. Yeah, man goo. <laughs> All day long. I know. He should end up with the Davey Buck Sports Program what? with the other two gay guys. No, there's straight guys. There's straight guys. The in weird show. thing, everyone thinks High Society is a straight show. Okay, well, that both shows are straight. Well, there's a lot of spoilers in this. I went over to the movie club, like Fez said. Oh, no. A lot of plot problems. <laughs> the people do say entertaining. Looks like some great uh, battles. And we also have the uh, winner of the Weekender, which was Star Wars versus Star Trek. Oh, yeah. What was that? Uh, it was Make Your Case, Star Wars versus Star Trek. And the winner is James Day Queens. James Day Queens. He brings up that what with their, what they used as between Lucas and You want to take a minute to put your thoughts <laughs> together on this? Oh, my, th my thoughts are together. Okay. I, he says that he thinks the answers lies with the creators. Ron Berry uh, idolized Utopian Future for Humanity, which acts as a social commentary for the ills of modern society. Star Trek is certainly more intelligent and philosophical of the two. Whereas George Lucas just wanted to tell a story, but then became more about marketing toys to children. Mm. For that, James the Queens gets Pepper Keith t shirt. Look what it is, my buddy, Hard Rock Johnny. Hey, Johnny. Ah, oh, boys. I think Pepper, by the way, would be great at TM because he's a Pepper Key, and, you know, Pepper Key's just always repeat things. That's true. Your mantra is yes, Ron. <laughs> that is not my mantra. I know. I don't have Ever one. since the Pepper Key fucking thing, you haven't agreed with me once. Because mm -mm. you're doing just the opposite. What kind of makes you Earth 2 Pepper Key? What? I don't know what that means. <laughs> well, in Earth 2, you do everything the opposite. Earth 2 doesn't even exist. What do you think we were just talking about today? You started the show off with the multi-fucking universes? Yeah. That's fucking Earth 2, dude. Oh, I didn't even realize that was happening. 
stomach. Mm. Johnny. Yes. What's going on with you, buddy? Not much. Do you feel bad Penn Jillette didn't beat out the other guy? No, man. I was Team Trace all the way. We, oh, you were? We were big supporters. We actually, uh, I was at three different ones where two of them were for Trace, where Hard Rock donated some money to Trace, and I was there last night for the for the finals, for the filming. It was very interesting to go watch. I don't think I've ever been to a live TV taping. You've never oh, been to Letterman or Conan or any of those oh, shows? Yeah, you know what? Sorry, I did. I went to Letterman. Okay, it was, so it's lies. Stance. I, did, I lied. I'm sorry. And the Giants um, game is a live TV taping, too. <laughs> Yeah, I guess you're right. I know they had the worst warm-up comic last night, too. It was horrible. Careful. He might work here. <laughs> <laughs> it's possible, but he, he was he was terrible. He was just he was getting, I don't know, it was just kind of awkward. And um, it was kind of a cool night, though. Was, uh, and then we went to a big after party at uh, Cipriani's Wall Street. And it was kind of, or no, 42nd Street, sorry. It was, uh, it was a cool little night. It was definitely fun and good to be on Team Trace, who raised, like, I think one point, almost one point six million dollars for the Red Cross. And what did really, Penn raise? Penn raised, I think, overall like four or five hundred thousand dollars total for. I think on his last challenge, he did, um, he did five hundred thousand dollars in his last challenge, and then um, Trace did like six hundred thousand dollars in his, for the last challenge. I mean, for it, it's interesting to, to watch if you watch the show. I mean, Penn's charity is amazingly great, and it's it's just a little tiny local charity. Um, you know, that kind of money for them is is game changing. Like, you know, raising over a million dollars for a small charity like that. Um, you know, the Red Cross obviously is needed, and and Trace had a great quote was that when he asked about the Red Cross, he said, "Right now, there's a Red Cross person, you know, volunteer helping someone." And uh, you know, but they're everywhere and they have a lot of money. But it was still, you know, you can, I guess these organizations could never have enough to, to keep when running. I, I was a little kid. My grandmother used to deliver like donuts for the Red Cross, and she had an old school uniform. Really, like a little nurse uniform? They had? Yeah, like, like a, a little nurse hat. uniform. Yeah, she used to go out like once a week, and it was always a thing. She would bring back old donuts. I'm like this is the greatest thing ever. <laughs> she comes back with these nice hard donuts. I love it. Put them in some milk. Mm. Yeah. Soften them up a bit, but it was it was cool. Um, My dad would be like, "Don't eat them; they're stale." And I'm like, "You're fucking stale, dude. These are a nice hard treat for everybody." <laughs> That's perfect. Who doesn't like a nice stale treat? It's like having a donut jawbreaker. It's fantastic. <laughs> uh, somebody once asked you uh, a question about the surgery. It's Mike in State College. Guy, Mike. Hey, hey guys. Thanks. Hey, Johnny. Uh, my next-door neighbor, she, we're pretty close families, and she had the, uh, the stomach surgery, and she, uh, so now she's drinking a lot. And I know I've heard you talk in the past about how, you know, people will replace food with alcohol. Yeah, it's she's addiction, addiction training. Yeah. So, so what do you do? I mean, what, what can we do for her? I mean, it, it's to the point where when, when she would come over, if we had, like, a bottle of wine in the house, she would bring her own and then drink ours, you know? Well, at least she brings her own. I mean, that's nice of her, but, um, I, you know. Get her to drive. <laughs> I, I mean, you know, I, I look, I, I, I'm not an expert on any of that. You I are. Drink. Yeah. I, well, no, I've had the surgery. I don't drink, so alcohol was never a problem for me. I'm not a, I, I probably haven't had a drop of alcohol. And Gambling more, though, aren't you? <sighs> no, no. Just the the preakness, no, huh? I, really, I really haven't. I, I've been lucky to the point where I, I my, seri- and this is in all seriousness, my, my addiction that I've picked up is, going to the gym and it's it's 
six days really? a week, you know, it's whatever days I can get to the gym. This week I, I worked a lot, and there was three days I missed going to the gym, and it freaked me the fuck out. I would never have been that way a year ago. I would have been like, all right, go to the gym. What's a big deal, you know? Do you um, like the feeling you're getting at the gym, though? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's you know, like I'll go on a Saturday and a Sunday. I will go in at seven. I'll wake up at six thirty in the morning, no matter what time I go to bed. I'll go to the gym at seven fifteen. I work out for two hours straight of different stuff, and you know, I run. I, I find I'm running. I'm actually running physically on a treadmill, doing two miles. I, I couldn't even walk, you know, five blocks when I before I had this surgery without you know having. I remember you took the cab over here from. <laughs> 42nd Street, six blocks. I took a five-block cab ride. Now I'm out there doing, you know, running, you know, two miles on a treadmill. And the endorphin release is just incredible, and that—that's really what it, you know. So it's it. So people pick up different addictions. I mean, for someone like that, I mean, you, you know, you got to get her to if, if that's really the problem. She's got to get to a, a program and, and go to a meeting and get her to start there. I mean, that's that's the place to start with it. Yeah, that's the thing. She was saying her counselor, or whatever, said that. A lot of times they'll have a transfer, either be to drugs or alcohol or sex, and, you know, so she gets with her That's husband. That's Johnny. Sex addict. <laughs> Thanks, man. You're welcome. You're Thanks with a lot of prostitutes these days, right, Johnny? Mostly, yeah. Mostly. Well, you're high on yeah. drugs. Yeah, I smoke some crack and bang a couple of tranny hookers. <laughs> Fucking so great. You know, you just really put everything else out of your mind for a good 48 hours and just, you know, you time. Get cracked yeah. up. Yeah, I mean, you know, I just tell my wife I got to work a few days and stay in the city. You know, I got a, a busy schedule. I got a hotel in the city, and then I just go on a little bender with some, you know, tranny hookers, and that's it. It's, it's, and then you know. even if um, you are, you find your, your the hooker sleeping a little while, you can always just put on some porn and just jerk off until she wakes back up. Uh, on tour. Hey, did you see, like, Deepak got a little mad at me for a second when I said he was rich and started snapping about, like, I could be making pornography or running guns like these other people? Talking about morality and stuff. And I was like, dude, don't fucking chest up to me. It'll be the last day, Deepak. I know you're here with your brother. I got a fucking brother, too. <laughs> Bring it. Or maybe I imagine some of that went to. But I did think I made him mad for a second. I didn't think it was possible to make him mad. He's very... Yeah. I can make anybody mad. <laughs> <laughs> the Pope took a swing at me one time. <laughs> didn't the, card oh, the Cardinal was nice to you. He, wasn't, he didn't get mad at you. Yeah. Patted your head. Well, you know, I'm a good boy. You are. You're a good Catholic boy. We definitely are. I think I'm coming to see you guys this week. Oh, can't week. wait, Johnny. Now, this weekend, Mayor Bloomberg said that some of NYC's less bright high school students should skip college and become plumbers. Finally, the mayor is doing something other than banning things that are too big and sweet or too smoky. I just don't understand why he stopped at plumbers. This city needs plenty of non-college degree jobs. We could use more of those dancing traffic cops at intersections. They're always fun. We need more bootleg knockoff purse salesmen. They're only on every other corner. We would need one on each street. And we need more folks filling those free newspaper machines. Why are we always out of AM New York? Plumbers are great, Mr. Mayor, but when we're thinking jobs, we need to think past the toilet. All right, so it is in the mic. He's yelling. And then the other thing, he's doing a very local thing for a national show. AM New York? I'm for Metro. That's the other free. Riding on the Metro. You were giving the break sign that whole time? Yeah, we, we have to. Johnny, we got to go. All right, boys. See you later, my friend. See ya. Bye, Johnny. Did you like that bit that Fez did?
Yeah, I can't believe Bloomberg's telling people. Come plumbers. Fucking fat cats up there in fucking City Hall. Mm-hmm. Well, over the weekend, my neighborhood was just filled with people waiting online, like camped out in front of a union, because there was a couple, like 20 union jobs open in Astoria for a couple of local unions, and there was just hundreds of people. Did you get people. in? No, I, I, the line was very long. It was only giving out 100 applications. There were people camping out in my neighborhood, too, but for the Camp Town races. We're out there all day long, Duda, Duda. All the Duda day? Mm-mm. No, that's weird. <laughs> Isn't that strange? <laughs> just when you thought you had the outfit. <laughs> See, this is why Deepak gets angry with me. I made him feel bad about himself. Look, Ron, me and my brother will jack your shit up. Even though he had a giant knot in his hand as he was yelling. <laughs> right, we got a break? Yeah. We'll be right back with the Rolling Stones. Ron show. You're enjoying the Ron and Fez show on Sirius XM's OP and Anthony channel. More in moments. Dish Network, when you're away from home, you're wondering about, is there a game I'm missing? Is there a show I'm missing? Is there a game show I'm missing? You don't have to worry about it with The Hopper. The Hopper from Dish Network. Not only is it the best DVR in the business, it's really the cutest named one. The Hopper from Dish Network not only lets you record hundreds upon hundreds upon hundreds of hours of television programming, but also lets you watch it when and where you want to. You can watch any of your live or recorded programming on your laptop, your tablet, your smartphone, Anywhere you want to. That's how the hopper works from Dish Network. No other DVR, especially those cable ones, work this way. This is the hopper, the one you want from Dish Network. It lets you turn all your rooms into a TV room. All you have to do is be able to have your smartphone, your laptop, or your tablet programmed in with your hopper, and you watch TV when and where you want it. It's the hopper. The other guys can't do this. Watch all your live and recorded TV. TV anywhere. Here's the phone number to call. 1-800-WATCH-TV. Get yourself the hopper from Dish. That number to call at Dish? 1-800-WATCH-TV. Call Dish today. Day, Rolling Stones. Uh, Chris, will you have that list for me to get to tomorrow of all the people who've been playing with the Stones? Done and done. I don't know why you would do it twice when I only need one. Just to let you know that it's really going to be done. Up on the iBank today, there is a teaser for uh, the new. Is it uh, a movie? For him, is it Larry's movie, an HBO movie? Yeah, it's a it's a teaser. It's a little teaser. This this uh, this looks good. Who's doing it? 
saw it last night. It's HBO. HBO's put it together. Yeah, but who's all going to be in it? What's the story on it? What's it about? It's an it's an original movie. Don't have all the details on it. Yet. I just know Larry David's involved. Okay, Larry David's involved. Uh, all you gotta do is play the trailer to show us who's involved in it. All right, we'll play it real quick. Nice. David. Clear history is the name of it. Yeah, opens in August. <clears throat> That's all we got on it. And listen to some people there. And it runs on HBO first. Yeah, it's gonna be on HBO. Okay. I know that Liberace and the Twink movie is coming up. All right, we got to go to forty-two. Uh, Badass pairs of sunglasses. Now, Chris Stanley, you're a sunglass guy, right? I love them. Love sunglasses. Well, for me, once I moved to Florida, I would not go anywhere without sunglasses. Even at night, because you never know when you're going to go home. I always wear sunglasses on my head. I always wanted to be prepared. And I've never completely kicked that habit but the glare of the the day gets to me now you're a blue blocker guy yeah i have i am um a strong supporter of the blue blocker brand where i'm constantly love that washed out view of the world it gives you with their weird orange red lenses now i'm a ray-bans guy and i normally go black uh ray-bans this time tortoise shell Looks good. Mainly because I don't like tortoises and I wanted to break up their shells. That's just mean. Uh, let's go over and look at some of these on the iBang right now, uh, Hicks, and you tell me whether you approve or disapprove of the sunglasses right off the bat. Uh, Sam Jackson. Oh, they, they, they look good on him. Sam Jackson is a guy who can wear sunglasses. Yeah. Even though they're weird and round, and if you look like them, um, you'd look like a moron. Uh, Jack wears his sunglasses that are closer like yours because you know they're prescription glasses. Yeah, and they look damn good. And he's uh, been rocking them for so long. Uh, the next one, Peter Fonda, the Easy Rider Ray-Bans have always been out since that movie. Classic. Uh, John Lennon's, his round glasses... Love them. When I was in grade school, I, I, I would wear the John Lang glasses, type glasses. I thought they were amazing. Here's the Blue bro uh, Blues Brothers. Very uh, classic uh, Wayfarers, I believe they're called. What do you think? Yeah, Wayfarers, you got to give them to them. Uh, what about um, the great Steve McQueen? I'm not a big fan of this pair of sunglasses. I mean, I'm a big fan of Steve McQueen. I, the, the lenses are kind of weird because they're like purple. Um, what about these weird Prince glasses? <laughs> They're more like goggles. Now, here's what I like about Prince's. And the kid uh, in uh, Brian's Jonestown Massacre, when you wear grandmother sunglasses, but you wear them yourself, you're setting a stage like, hey, guess what? 
It's going to be a fucking odd day. It's weird. Yeah. So I can dig it for some people. Um, the P. Diddy's? They're your, like, standard, almost standard aviator Ray-Bans. They're okay. I'm not a fan. I need some kind of a frame. Uh, the cra Crazy Elvis sunglasses. Hell yeah. But here's the problem. Look good on Elvis. Everyone else looks like a lunatic. Everyone else looks like, oh, this fucker thinks he's Elvis. There's something to be said for that. He he has his. It's Elvis' sunglasses. One and done. What about Lou Reed's? Badass. So far, that's the only one that you've called badass, and you are completely correct about that. Uh, those are the best sunglasses we've looked at so far. Uh, True Romance, he did kind of an Elvis sunglass, and see that He's supposed to be a lunatic. Mm -hmm. The Ray-Bans uh, 3016 Clubmaster that Tim Roth wore in Reservoir Dogs. They look good. Really good. Um, the Fight Club sunglasses. <laughs> the end of Fight Club when uh, yeah. <laughs> it gets real weird. Uh, it, it works on him in that because you know, Tyler Duren is supposed to be a maniac. I want to tell you this. Uh, gentlemen, you don't want to be a man without sunglasses in the summer. Lock the fuck in. Uh, the next two, taxi drivers, and of course, uh, Richie Tannenbaum's. Love that Richie Tannenbaum look. Really? Yeah, I think it's great. See, that's an early hipster. Uh, <laughs> give me the taxi driver. I'm a lunatic, and I'll fucking kill everybody here. Uh, what about the Big Lebowski sunglasses? How, that's, that's the dude. He pulled it off. Now, who is this chick, and what is she wearing? This is um, the Brazilian supermodel Alessandra Ambrosio. She's a big, like, Victoria's Secret girl. I think those look great on her. Yeah. Do you like a chicken sunglasses, or fucking make you nervous, like, chicken fucking starting to happen here? I think it's pretty cool. She's got this pink. Yeah. If you're going to do that, you got to do the Lolitas, I think. Oh, yeah. And go full weird. Uh, what about the Aristotle Onassis glasses? Like, they're kind of like goggly a little bit. Uh, they're, they're, they weird me out. I, I like it for that reason, though. It's like, look, a turtle's here, and he's ready to negotiate better than you can. Um, Brad Pitt's rocking the Tom Ford look. Kind of tortoise shelly. I find it a bit much. They're very bright tortoise shell. Yeah, I don't like light lenses. If you're going to go light lens, you got a blue block or like a fucking weirdo. Oh, yeah. Love that look. Not your born killers? Psycho, uh, psycho hippie look. Perfect. Dr. Strange loves? He's the man. I like them a lot, too. What about slashes? They're the classic aviators. They look good. I mean, you know, that's that Slash. But other people can rock them. <clears throat> he didn't pull an Elvis thing where he ruined Aviator sunglasses for everyone. <laughs> and Ray Charles, I mean, if you're going to look at fucking sunglasses, you got to go to a blind guy. We don't have any Stevie Wonder that I can say Ray Charles is going to be there. Yeah. He locked it up for blind guys. He looks fantastic. And when I see a blind guy without sunglasses... I'm like, dude, this gives you the opportunity to wear sunglasses at night. These are all up on the eye banks. Make sure you pick your summer sunglasses out. Don't be stuck without them. And don't be one of those guys, oh, I'm going on a trip, and now i got to fucking pull off into a drugstore. <laughs>
and buy some awful sunglasses on off a rack. Uh, we don't have enough time to get into the rest of this. I've never liked Bono's sunglasses. Uh, of course, Tom Cruise's risky business, that works. For me, the macho man doing the swatch shield. Brilliant idea. <laughs> Terminator sunglasses, they rock. Yeah. 80s cool. Uh, a look for you is Walter for Big Lebowski. If you would shave your head like that, Scarecrow cut. Uh, yeah, and start wearing a vest, you could probably, you ought to go for a Walter thing. And just carry a handgun. Uh, the Brett Summers sunglasses are out of this world. Also, I like the Anna Wintour's a lot. She's famous for the sunglasses. Like she, that's that's one of her things. And then finally, we did go with Chris Stanley with Elvis together. Thank you. Two buddies together forever and ever. <laughs> I look like a real degenerate there. Yeah. <laughs> like real. I look back at that. I just with that crazy ass beard. I just look like a real piece of garbage. Hold. <laughs> uh, Barfly. Uh, Kevin, you're on the run of Fez show. Kevin, we got you, pal? Yeah, hi, Ron. How's it going today? Good. I uh, was in Chicago last Friday, and I stopped in at Molly's, and I got to try on the, uh, the $3,000 sunglasses. Was it the thrill of a lifetime? It, uh, it was pretty good. It was pretty good. A couple of Ronnie B's. I got to talk to Mike Kaka. Fantastic. Everyone yeah. feel free to go to Molly's and try on the $3,000 sunglasses. Get your picture taken. And then do what I do. Just make that your Facebook picture. So everybody will be thinking of me as the guy with the sunglasses. Man, look at that tornado. we got to get more tornado video up on the iBank. Not so much the stories, but straight, scary videos. All right, fine. We don't stand a chance against Mother Nature. It's not nice to fool Mother Nature. I want to thank my two best friends in the whole world. Uh, Deepak and Sanjeev uh, Chopra, and uh, my new possible girlfriend, Elizabeth Moss. Possible girlfriend? Wow! In my mind. Oh. Let's just say she'll make that list. I just fucking cracked my neck. You feel good? Mm-mm. I went the other way. Like, oh, you know what? Now my legs aren't moving. Oh, just Fucking turned my head so fast I paralyzed myself. You gotta get a doctor in here. I had two. Mind body. I gotta believe. See you guys in here tomorrow. See you on the, uh, on the iBang right after the show. And that's the end of my show. Donk.